What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about on this show. You know, obviously we're in this terrible pandemic time and that has, you know, put a complete kibosh on all Hollywood production. And when you do a show like this where we're talking about Hollywood production, in a sense, we're talking about superhero television, superhero movies. Sometimes the news can be a little scarce during this time period, though. I think we've done a good job with what we've gotten. I think that, you know, we've gotten some some nice nuggets uh, regardless of the pandemic. But this was a very busy week of some massive news. Um, you guys have already now already heard about the Snyder Cut. We're going to be going a lot uh, into detail with that. You've probably also heard about the Ruby Rose news, her leaving Batwoman. So we'll talk about that as well. And uh, staying on the Snyder Cut uh, angle, another former DC director is now uh, kind of throwing his name out there, his movie out there saying, you know, maybe I can get some of that uh some of that uh, hbo max love so we'll talk about all those topics we got two show recap to do we had a new show debut this past week um star girl so we had the pilot episode for that it's not a show we've talked much about in terms of the lead up to it but um the pilot kind of snuck up on me uh, i don't know about you guys but uh, i did watch the pilot we all watched the pilot so we'll talk about that and of course we had this kind of uh you know this weird kind of end to the Supergirl season, like all the CW shows where they all were cut short. Supergirl also cut short at episode 19. Um, we also have episode 18 as well that we didn't talk about, so we'll briefly kind of go over probably the last two episodes. Uh, those were episodes 18 and 19 of season 5, The Missing Link and Immortal Combat, which is a great name for an uh, episode, by the way. Um, I know it's a play on words, but I still thought that was kind of neat. Anyway, um, so that's going to be uh, this show. It's going to be a, a fun ride, so buckle up. Joining me are my co-host, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, uh, we're recording this on Memorial Day, so happy Memorial Day. Hope you, uh, hope you, you, you had a, you had a good day off and uh, had enough, you know, burgers and hot dogs or whatever you guys were eating. I didn't get to celebrate with you guys as I normally would, but uh, hopefully it was a good one for you. Yeah, man, it was fun. Um, and of course, as always, I'm happy to be here doing the show with you guys. Uh, you know, it's a good way to spend the Memorial Day, um, my Memorial Day off. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Uh, we got some, uh, you know, Snyder Cut news that I'm sure everyone listening here has, has heard about already. Um, and some other interesting uh, bits of news and things to talk about. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a good show. And joining me is Kendall as well. Kendall, happy Memorial Day to you. And I know one of the uh, stories that also grabbed your attention was some of this Sony stuff, one regarding um this uh potential madam web project that may be in the works or, or maybe you know getting more news very soon and also uh we learned that uh, mark guggenheim is going to be writing a jackpot movie for sony so sony appears to be ramping up its female uh driven stories um uh, uh over there with this with the spider-man universe that they've created yeah yeah i mean i you will see what happens with those movies, whether or not they'll ever come out. But the the Madam Web stuff is interesting to me because when we talked about it before, you know, it, it, it seemed odd. Obviously, it's, always, it's still odd. Uh, but when we talked about it before, we figured, look, if they go with a Meryl Streep-type actress that looks like an A-lister, uh, you certainly could get people to go see that movie. And the names that we've heard... Uh, this week, Charlize Theron, uh, 
uh, and Amy Adams. You know, I mean, Charlize Theron is eventually younger Meryl Streep right now in Hollywood, um, coming off a of bombshell. So it's certainly, uh, and Amy Adams uh, obviously also has a very strong track record. So certainly it seems like they're going after A-list actresses that to play that role. Whether or not they can get an Amy Adams or Charlize Theron to play Madam Web, I mean, look, money talks. And, like, it depends on where they're at, whether, whether or not they really want to play those types of roles or whether or not they're just whether not trying to cash in or trying to win awards. You know, Charlize Theron's already won an Academy Award <laughs> now at this point uh, or was nominated for an Academy Award. So, you know, like, I can see why... Nominated and win is different. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So I, I can see why she's why she's saying to herself, "All right, maybe now it's time to cash in," after what what she did this uh, this past year. But um, but it's it should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Madden Web Project is something we talked a little bit about in this show. You know, I, I don't find that that character all that appealing i think for a lot of spider-man fans i think a lot of them kind of like roll their eyes and hear the words madam web so it is weird to me that uh they've you know kind of kind of zeroed in on that character but like i've said before and i'll say it again to me what's interesting is to me madam web can serve a function that could make things more interesting than what she looks like on the surface again knowing her interdimensional kind of powers you know, the way that the cartoon used her as a way to kind of do the Secret Wars thing. Um, not to say that, you know, I expect her to, you know, to do that per se. But I think that, that it does, especially with uh, Spider-Man and the Sony universe kind of, you know, hinting at wanting to kind of um, combine what we see maybe in live action and what we see in the uh, in, in the animated movie that we saw just now uh, into the Spider-Verse that gives them that opportunity potentially, Sham. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. Um I also uh, I also think you're right, Kendall, in saying that the casting is very important. Um, I feel like the character themselves would they would have to if they were going to really make this a quote unquote Madam Web movie, which I don't know exactly what that looks like. Um, but the character or the actress would have to carry the movie, then along with the supporting cast, of course, as well. Um, so whoever you cast as Madam Web will have to have quite the personality in how they're written and how they act their performance. And they probably need to be a big name as well. I'm just going to keep it real, you know. Yeah. So, anytime um, I mean anytime any at this point yeah. anytime when you try to do those movies with kind of C-list D-list kind of heroes, you know, unless you have just a crazy killer exactly. trailer and promotion, you know, kind of thing, I mean, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to raise the attention of people outside of the super nerds by, you know, big castings and yeah, um, you're talking about Charlize Theron. That's a, a a really big casting. Amy Adams also would be um, really big as well. So, so I get that. I would have assumed that they would have went a little older. I mean, you know, Charlize looks great for any age, let alone her age. And the same could be said for Amy. But to me, that also tells me something. That tells me, okay, you're not going for someone who's like 70 or someone who you think probably is kind of a one movie person and done. You're going after someone who, you know still could potentially be in a lot more movies. You know, Charlotte Theron's only 44. So, you know, yeah, we're, like, been, um, we're casting, you know, superheroes that are supposed to be young at age 44. You know, Charlotte Theron, yeah. you know, they wanted to make her, uh, uh, Theron, they wanted to make her, you know, some other character that's not older, so to speak. Yeah, if you want to make her shoot Storm, I don't think people would, 
you know, really bat an eye at all. So mm-hmm. um, that is interesting to me. It makes me wonder if maybe they're doing some kind of origin also. Maybe there's a situation where, which is something I'm not excited about. That's what they want to do. Because, um, again, I don't find that character that interesting. But, uh, but it, you know, the one advantage would be this person signs a multi-movie deal. This is someone that you could kind of weave into whatever expanding universe you're trying to create. And what exactly Sony is trying to do, we don't quite know yet. I think it's still kind of in the works, but they got something cooking up. But you know, they you know we don't know what's going to happen with you know Silver and Black, but this project is got a director now. Um, again, we have a writer for Jackpot, which is a whole new project we didn't hear nothing about. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, let's get to the to the big news of this week, and and that's the fact that the Snyder Cut is indeed happening. After years of speculation, we will finally get to see the much-hallowed Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. After Snyder exited the project in the middle of production, many, including Snyder himself, have talked about there being a different version of this film that was mostly panned by critics and did not do well uh, in the box office, did not make a profit. It was expected to make a billion dollars. It fell well short of that. Um, Fans who have... uh, Love, love BVS, love Man of Steel, kind of fans of Zack Snyder, just DC fans in general, launched an online campaign demanding Warner Brothers release Snyder's version of the film, which has led us to where we are today. So let me give you guys a brief breakdown because there's a lot of moving parts, and then we can kind of talk about it. So Boris Kitt of The Hollywood Reporter did a great job. He got to speak to Zack Snyder and kind of uh, share some details about how this all went down and uh, what we should expect moving forward. WB's interest in the project seemed to be sparked on the film's uh, second year anniversary, which is, again, to get the timeline in order, November of 2019. Uh, the company was apparently impressed with the amount of fans and even celebs who were in the movie, like Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck, tweeting support for a Snyder Cut being released. Zack Snyder, in this article for The Hollywood Reporter, says that this, is, uh, this was the most tweeted about movie Warner Brothers has ever had, and it's a movie that... It never even came out, technically. Um, the next day uh, was when Warner Brothers approached Zack, asking if he'd be interested in finishing the project. In February, Zack and his wife made a presentation at their home in front of DC and Warner Brothers executives. That included Toby Emmerich. That included Walter Hamada, which is very interesting to me. Uh, Jim Lee from DC and Kevin Riley from HBO. The execs left the meeting excited, and despite uh, initial concerns that this maybe couldn't happen because of the COVID-19 pandemic, etched a plan to move forward. Now, this is expected to cost at least uh, $20 million, maybe even $30 million. That money would be used to reassemble much of the original post-production crew. Uh, it would be to score the movie, uh, recut the movie, add and finish old uh, uh, visual effects, and in fact, also perhaps bring back some actors to do some additional uh, dialogue. So it's unclear at the moment in what format we will be seeing this, whether it be a four-hour director's cut or released in six chapters. But this will be a project that is set to be released on HBO Max next year. I'll go to Sham first. You're the Zack Snyder fan, though you haven't necessarily always defended what he presented to us with the, as, with the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Now that this is happening, do you think this will end up being a win for DC and Warner Brothers, assuming everything goes according to plan and we do eventually see this next year on that HBO Max platform? Uh, yeah, I mean, 100%. I absolutely believe this is... I think this is a win for 
Warner Brothers and DC. I and I mean, look, I'm biased, of course. I'm a, I'm I guess the resident Zack Snyder fan uh, of the show, but I I believe this is a win. I mean, Zack Snyder. I mean, before it was, I think the the main dispute that a lot of people had had, and even I had, because we were hearing so many conflicting reports, is did this cut even exist? You know, is this real? So many people saying this is just fiction. It's not real. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> making people out to be like crazy. Like, why are you even asking for this? Um, but it is real. Snyder had alluded to it being real. He even said it's real a couple times. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean, I think them, uh, you know, releasing it is, I, I think it is drawing a lot of, is getting a lot of buzz. I don't, and I don't think this is going to turn people off from anything that DC is doing. Um, I mean, I think if anything, um, especially since, I mean, there's, I mean, there's talk of, which I don't know if we're going to get to this as well, but I know there's already talk of Cavill being in Shazam and, and Cavill even coming back and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, this is just, I don't think this is going to conflict directly with other things that are, that are being worked on now at Warner Brothers, which I mean, we'll get to that later on with this whole air cut stuff, which we'll, I'll, I'll get into that. But um, but this, no, I think this is 100% a win. I think it's just, you know, they want to, Warner Brothers is, has the money to support them for it. And it's going to draw a lot of eyeballs. And I think it could be a better a better movie. I didn't like Justice that much. Um, but I think it, it seemed like a fragmented movie. I, I think there's a clear point in the movie when you can see it kind of doesn't feel like a Zack Snyder movie anymore. You know, it kind of has a look of a Zack Snyder movie, um, but it seems like it, at a certain point it just kind of deviates and it just is kind of pieced together. And it's just like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's OK, but I mean, it seems like there's a bunch of different pieces and bits and, 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 and concepts thrown together. Uh, but especially considering that with this new cut, we're getting dark side in it. Th- this was clearly supposed to be a very different movie, which I'm 100% in favor of seeing it. As a fan, I want to see it. Uh, if they're trying to appeal to people like us, comic book people, people like me, trying to convince me, trying to get me to spend money on HBO Max, they got my money. It's a success. So I think it's a good idea. And um, I think it's a very fan-friendly, consumer-friendly uh, move by Warner Brothers as well. And you giving Zack Snyder uh, the funds to work on this as well. As well. Because you're allowing him to to give his fans what they want and it's not infringing on, it's not taking away from anything that people who like the the non-Snyder movies would want to see. So yeah, I think it's a 100% win. Kendall, I think what's interesting is um, in preparation for this show, uh, I was trying to watch Justice League and it occurred to me what was shocking was how it you think the Snyder Cut, the question about whether or not the Snyder Cut exists, you can't find the weeding cut on any streaming services. I mean, I went through, and, you know, we, we're we a streaming family, and luckily because we have multiple people who work, like people have different, certain people buy certain streaming services. Kendall, I went through every streaming service we have as a family. It's not anywhere. It's not anywhere. And I was like, that's stunning. I mean, I know DC's kind of went in a different direction, but, I mean, that still was a big movie. I would have thought it would have been somewhere, and it wasn't anywhere. So, I don't know if that was, 
strategic on their part, knowing that they say, oh, now people want to go and buy the movie, whether it be through, um, you know, a digital sale or, you know, Blu-ray now. So maybe that's why they pulled it from certain places. I don't know what that was, but that just was weird is, to me. Um, is Man of Steel anywhere? I mean, I know Snyder announced this at a Man of Steel watch party. And I remember yeah. kind of being like, is Man of Steel, can I just queue up Man of Steel anywhere? Like, I, I don't I didn't, That's know. a good question. I didn't look. Who was on HBO Go? I no, thinking, that's the only well, thing I was thinking. Of. Not, not Justice League. I don't know about Man of Steel. Yeah, I didn't look for Man of Steel, so I couldn't even tell you. But the fact that it wasn't on DC Universe was that right. immediately was stunning. I'm like, this is yeah, no, DC Universe. Crazy, right? I was like, um, okay, well, let me go to the usual suspects. That's Netflix. No, HBO Go. No, Hulu. No, um, Amazon. Then I thought I'd definitely get it on Amazon. Amazon. No, all of them not for streaming. Again, if you want to buy it, you could buy it, but. Even that was bizarre, and I was like, it, it, it was striking to me because it shows you how far DC has moved away from all that Snyder stuff, and it makes me wonder, and I'll get to how I feel about this in a second, the benefit there is to going back to that era of DC, which was only three years ago, but it almost feels like an eternity. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, the, the, the this... This whole thing sort of matriculated through a lot of uh, a lot of fan interest, and I give credit to the Snyder Cut uh, kind of you know section of 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 DC fans of comic book movie fans that were very pro Snyder Cut because I don't think this movie comes out without those. Certainly doesn't get released. Uh, this director's cut doesn't get released without those people. You know, I don't think, I don't think like DC ever intended to, or Warner Brothers ever intended to want to release this 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 version. Um, I think once they realize, all right, this is monetarily, uh, it monetarily makes sense after all the hype that's been drawn up uh, through it. Um, that's when you make the decision. And look, anytime there's money involved in any of these decisions, a lot of things could be. A lot of things that we thought were impossible can can be made possible, um, like UFC and Mayweather promotions came together to put Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather in the ring, even though two totally different entities because there was enough money to be made. So you can always you can always make money if you need to, um, and so I understand why. They're doing this, and look, 30, 30 million is no chump change. That's a lot of money to potentially be uh, shelling out for a for a director's cut for something you're just going to be releasing on a streaming service. But I think they feel like this could move the needle that much. Um, I have my doubts how much mm-hmm. they're going to, how much this is going to actually affect their bottom line in a positive light. Uh, I don't think you're going to get. Thirty million dollars worth of streams, or thirty million dollars worth of, uh, you know, streaming service buys, HBO Max buys, because of the because of the Snyder Cut. Um, but I, I don't think that they care. I think they understand like the value isn't gonna be great, but I think it's about the reviews the word of and mouth. the, yeah, the word of mouth, the reviews, the kind of customer kind of morale. To say, look, we're giving you something that is super exclusive that uh, you're never going to find someplace else. Is it really worth it for us? Probably not from a money standpoint, but from a longevity standpoint, people are more likely to stay on with your streaming service if you give them more stuff that people want to see. You know, mm-hmm. and 
so I, I get it from that perspective. Um, do I, do I like, am I super excited for this? Not really, but, <laughs> um, but uh, look, I just have my doubts on how different it's going to be. You know, I think there will certainly be differences. I think obviously the dark side stuff should be interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, that movie doesn't seem like a movie that's going to be saved, really. Like, I, it wasn't a, it wasn't an awful movie to begin with. It just wasn't good. And I don't think a bunch of, you know, kind of, I don't want to say minor changes, but if some changes are going to also make it a classic. You know, I, there are plenty of movies that, plenty of bad movies out there. That if you told me, yeah, we'll, we'll change, like, 20% of it, they'd still be bad. Or at the very least, or at the very most average. So... Um, personally, I'm not like super excited in terms of oh now I have a chance to see the, a great Justice League movie. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be good entertainment. Uh, certainly have some entertainment value. But if you're looking to see a great Justice League movie, uh, mm-hmm. we're probably a decade out of that. I mean, I think it could. Be, I think it could be. <laughs> I mean, these are. I mean, we've had a. They have the pieces in play. I mean, I like Cavill. I know you guys aren't as high on Cavill. Um, I like Cavill's uh, Superman. I mean, I, I mean, we all love Wonder Woman. We all love Aquaman. I mean, they have the pieces in play. You know, I mean, Cyborg. I mean, they they need to use some of that money to fix up his his effects. I think that that that's probably the one thing that I don't know if they'll you know actually fix. I think Zach's going to use most of the money to you finish know the rest of the finish the rest of the movie, Dark Side and Apocalypse, and probably all that fully. The, all the effects on that done very well. Um, but, I mean, I didn't hate Ray Fisher. And uh, Ezra Miller is Ezra Miller. I mean, we'll, we'll, time will tell if that controversy gets any worse than it is now. But, we're, you know, we're not getting into that. But, um, Free you know, Ezra but, Miller. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, we, we, we at New Generation aren't saying that. But, um, <laughs> but, I mean, we're, like, I mean, I'm excited for it. I think it could be very good. You know, I think this could be an act, actually be a very good Justice League movie with one unified vision, not all fragmented, not all kind of pieced together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the full budget and with Dark Side, I mean, I think Snyder can make a very good Dark Side. You know, I mean, I he kind of botched Doomsday, but I mean, Doomsday is kind of a he's just a monster. And I think just the effects and, and the additional powers didn't help, but I mean, I think he could do a good Dark Side. So I don't know. I mean, I think it could be very good. Whew. Boy, this is so much to unpack with this story. Um, first of all, on the on the idea that is this a win overall for DC and Warner Brothers? I don't know. I I, I wrote this on Twitter. I think this is going to be the most fascinating project. I mean, well, it's right now it's technically the only project being done in Hollywood, but <laughs> for you know for being very uh, you know very specific. But I mean, this this to me is one of the most ex- a interesting experiments in Hollywood that I've ever seen and that we will ever see, I think, because I don't think this is going to open up the floodgates. So again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, because this was such a unique experience. You had the fans who actively did push for this Snyder cut. And then you had Zach. Well, it's interesting to me about the timeline when they said that, that they said the turning point was the, the last November, um, Second year anniversary with, or second anniversary when you had Gadot and Affleck and Fisher and the, all these fans tweeting about the Snyder Cut. It was the number one trend worldwide. 
And they said that that was the difference, that that made Warner Brothers, uh, Toby uh, Emmerich, say, all right, what would it take to get this done? Would you be interested? I know, you know, when you read these articles, I feel like sometimes you you guys know, you got to read through the tea leaves. To me, I think this confirms that I was extremely 100%. It doesn't confirm it, but it gives me the feeling that I was 100% right that this was a concocted campaign. Because... I just don't think personally that Warner Brothers, you know, Gal Gadot, who's a Warner Brothers employee, now Affleck technically isn't, but okay, whatever, that she on her own volition decided to tweet, release the Snyder Cut or whatever, and with like, you know, Justice League, you know, pictures or whatever she posted, and, you know, Affleck would do the same thing. Oh, yeah, it, it was and a done deal at that point. Which Warner, kind of- it, it, yeah, this story doesn't smell right. Warner Brothers, what to me what happened was Warner Brothers said, what would happen if you guys really pushed this thing? What if Gal tweeted this? What if Ben tweeted this? Zach, you tweet your stuff. I, I think this was, I think that was a trial balloon. When they say they came to me the next morning, I think it was after they came up with a plan <laughs> to, guard, to to gauge what the real fan, um, the fan uh, stuff was. And... They say, oh, there's no more trend on Twitter, and it was this big thing. I'm like, yeah, because you guys put together a social media campaign. <laughs> That's very clear. I don't I don't think that Toby was in his pajamas the day before and woke up and saw all this Snyder Cut stuff. His own, his highest paid employee, potentially, um, is tweeting, release the Snyder Cut for a guy you fired, and you didn't know anything about this. You, this was so organic. You were like, wow, this is crazy. I got to go talk to Zach. That ain't happened, fam. We know that didn't happen. So... One part of the story, I think, I know maybe that's selfish to me to say, hey, I was right about this, but I just, the timeline I thought was very interesting. I was like, okay, this to me is clear that this was concocted. And that, but the reason why I think that is important is because it, it leads me to whether or not this is a win for DC or, or, Warner, or uh, Warner Brothers. I don't know because I think that what I've always felt, and I've said this on Twitter and I said this on the show, was I felt like the Snyder Cut fans were a motivated, loud organized minority i think that you know were they organized yes were they loud yes were they creative yes um were they relentless yes they deserve a ton of credit and i think overall we can go back and forth whether or not this is good or bad i think overall this is a good day i think at any point when a studio company a studio listens to fans regardless of what i feel or how a lot of people feel about a movie i think that it's it's always a good day um, so overall, I'll say it's a good day in that regard for, for the fact that, you know, again, we have another movie company that listened to a lot of fans um, and gave them what they wanted. But in terms of monetary, uh, monetarily, whether or not this could be a win, I don't know, because as Kendall said, I, 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 $20, 30000000 million, I didn't think it was going to cost that much. I knew it would cost some change. I thought it would cost $5 million, you know, a couple of million. I, I knew it would cost some money because... And and they talk about and, it in this uh, in this in this article. You know, we everybody who talked about the quote unquote Snyder Cut all kept saying the same thing. Even the people who, well, I mean, there were people who didn't think it existed, but the people who said that it did quote unquote exist, they all kept saying the same thing, which was it has all this like footage that's like unfinished. And if you've ever seen unfinished movie, like it looks crazy. Like we saw right. a little bit of an unfinished footage with, um, with uh, Into the Spider Verse and. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like bare bones, but I mean it was like it looked like you know a PC ninety five, <laughs> like you know it looked clearly was not done. So 
like for so a lot of people saying, yeah, is there a sign card? I guess, but like you gotta do a lot of work to it in order for it to really be a thing. But I didn't think that would cost thirty thirty million dollars. So right. if you're talking about that, being and anyone money, that thought it would have cost thirty million dollars said Warner Brothers would never would never do this that kind of money exactly for some Snyder cut because that was the thing you know that because some people are coming out and say oh see it existed and people said it never existed technically yes some people there were people I'm sure some of us probably said it didn't exist at one point because those were the reports at certain times but it's but from a certain point of view if it costs you 30 million dollars i'm sure if you told me yeah there's something out there that snyder did but if you gave him 30 million dollars he could finish it i'd be like i mean yeah does that mean it exists does that mean that he could put it out tomorrow and we could all see it <laughs> you right, know so i think right. from a certain point of view depending on how you feel about saying that it actually exists yeah and, it and doesn't i had a big i had a big argument yeah and i had a big argument with uh shout out to the to the, to the homies from throne tales podcast we talked a great deal about this and i I actually argued in favor that i think considering that they can do this that it did exist though that is like a very much a battle semantics it's like if you guys spent 30 million dollars to do this how could you really say it really existed my argument was from what we're hearing i think that's important for people to to know is it's not this is not going to be you know them doing reshoots and them putting you know there will be some you know maybe some additional diagram maybe additional stuff yeah and that's an interesting point about it is that Snyder actually wanted to do additional reshoots and they said no which I'm I thought glad was, they did that personally yes in terms of like the movie coming out because now it's like we're moving the goalposts between like what your movie was right and what exactly about the movie yeah they they, they, they were they were 100 right to shut that down because Snyder has been sitting and his fans have been standing on this hill of my movie was had a, had a creative vision that made sense and if you would have seen it, it you would have liked ready to it come out right so now you can't be like oh i need i need you know more time to, to, to shoot this and we need to write no you gotta you had you see you kept saying you have the the stuff together you just need to, to finish it then finish it so i'm totally glad that, that was right because if they did reshoots and stuff like that then i would agree with the people who say this isn't a sonic i would say no that's not a sonic that's you're making a new movie with some of the footage you had before so, which again, we'll, we'll have yeah. a lot to say about this air stuff, but we'll get right. to that. Yeah. So, so that's my feeling on. So, in terms of like whether or not it will make a lot of money, I, I have some doubts because I think that the the people that were clamoring for it, I don't. I think the numbers aren't. I think the numbers are inflated. I think this campaign was inflated by celebrity and um, corporation input. I really do. So, to me, when it's like how much money we're gonna make. I don't think they're making up that twenty million. I don't. Do I think now Kendall kind of raised you both of you guys raised points that kind of made me think, okay, like is the kind of just like the word of mouth and all that stuff, is it worth it? Sometimes, as you know, anybody who does a business will tell you, sometimes it's worth kind of going in a hole for a certain project for the sake of other things you want to do, or for the sake of the brand. And that may be what Warner Brothers feels. And if that's what they're wanting, then that's what they, their goal is, then yes, I would say I guess that this is a win. Do I think that they will recoup that money and this will be some boom for the HBO Max uh, streaming service? No. But I but I think the argument can also be made that without it, who's buying the streaming service? <laughs> because I think that for a lot of people, they're kind of looking at this thing saying, why am I buying another streaming service? I think a lot of people have these questions. This joint... Um, it's coming out very soon, and I still don't think really HBO or Warner Bros. has done the greatest job of kind of explaining why 
this thing is, is something you have to have compared to all the other apps and stuff that you have, especially what we talked about, all of the stuff of the DC Universe still existing and things like that. The, yeah, the, the HBO Max, the HBO Max ad campaign's been pretty weak. Awful. Um, yeah, it's been awful. So, yeah. I, so I this is it. like, so this, this helps, but then I say, okay, but, you know, I gotta wait a whole year for it? Like, I'm like, how much, like, will they have lost too much momentum before we get to that point? I don't know. We're going to see. This is super fascinating, <laughs> man. Like, this is unprecedented. Anybody who's saying they know what's going to happen, I think they don't know what they're talking about. Because um, you just don't know. We've never seen this yeah, before. I can't say what this is going to be. So we don't know what, you know, they're saying it might be a four-hour movie. I can't see a four-hour movie, Zack Snyder, Justice League movie being good. That's my opinion. But... I don't know. I don't. I don't know. He, Which, he's again, claiming like, that he, he's claiming that we saw only a quarter of what he did in the Justice League theatrical cut. From what people have told him, he says he's never watched it. But he says from what people have told me about that movie, you've seen only a quarter of what I did. Now I can't take that completely seriously because like, you never I watched mean, the movie. But that sounds that's that sounds like cap to me. But if you're talking about you making a four hour movie, I don't. I again, I don't know. But then it's <laughs> I like, don't know for sure. Four hour movie, like. Like, you know how many directors, every director that's ever directed a movie probably has a much longer version that they'd like to put out, in theory. I don't know about four hours, though. Maybe not four hours, but, like, a lot of stuff gets cut where it's like, man, I had a whole other thing that I wanted to tell. And Look, some some I'm sure, yes, exactly. There are some filmmakers that make movies that, it's like, man, I didn't have much more, honestly, to put in this movie. I just barely got to the, to the hour and 30. But... A lot of these movies, is like you know, it's like you have to you have to write a movie within a time frame. You know, like if if you gave filmmakers a canvas of four and a half hours, like I'm sure everyone would love to have that luxury. But so I don't know. This is certainly going to be weird. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that it's going to be on a streaming service, I would break it up into. Um, I'd break it up into episodes. I'd break it up yeah. into parts, but. When you talk about this changing the game, you know, I, I think as we're going to talk about, it, I think it certainly lends credence to other filmmakers saying, "Release my cut." Josh Trank came out talking about the Fantastic Four. People now want to see a Josh Trank cut of the Fantastic Four, which to me, I'm like, he already said no, there's no need for that because I think he he's like, let's bury that. Um, he don't want to revisit yeah, that, which yeah, is, it gets to a point I want to talk about. I'm trying about to get second, that off but, my resume as fast yeah. as possible, but we're certainly going to see this from other other filmmakers, from even other studios. Now, that's, we'll get to that debate in a second, but Shamari, I did want to point out something that I thought was interesting. And I, I, when I did my little intro, I highlighted that Hamada was part of this presentation that mm-hmm. uh, Zach and his wife did. I'm sorry, if I'm Walter Hamada... I mean, look, I don't know how much they're paying him, so I'm not going to tell him, hey, you should walk away from X million dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know. But, man, I would be, I'd feel a way about this whole project. Um, now, I don't know. Maybe he could have, it could be something that he is very excited about. Maybe he, he was in that presentation, so maybe he's very deeply involved with it. I would assume he would have to be, considering he's the head of the, the DC movie franchise for Warner Brothers. But we've talked about the work Hamada has done to kind of revamp and change what Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder left behind. If I'm Walter Hamada, I'm looking at this saying, wait a minute. So I inherited a mess because that's the only way to describe it. 
He inherited a mess from Zack Snyder. Fans weren't happy. Company was unhappy. Money money flow wasn't the same. Everything was was the brand just just the brand itself was not in a good place. I come around. I first movie I greenlight. Well, first of all, I get Juan to finish Aquaman after all the questions about what was going to happen with that. That does well in the box office. I, I the first movie I greenlight, Shazam, not the biggest box office smash, but a critical success for sure. Um, I give you Joker. Everything about the DC universe feels like it's moving in a new direction, and the feeling around the brand is much better than it was when Zack Snyder was doing Justice League. Inarguable. And the numbers don't lie, because look at how poorly Justice League and BVS did. And now you're going to go back to the old guy you fired, or whatever the situation was, and you're going to give him $20, $30 million to make a movie that is in no way in my vision for what we're trying to create moving forward. I'm just saying, if there was any reason to walk, that feels like the reason. I mean, he got them a freaking Academy Award for Joker. <laughs> he got Joaquin Phoenix an Academy Award. And I I don't know. This is this that's the only aspect of this that I think would be frustrating for me. And it kinda is frustrating for me because while I like that there are a group of fans that really wanted this and they're gonna get it, and that's great. I think overall that's good. I do feel for the guy who came in and moved forward with a new vision that's exciting, that's been uh, well received and he's just being undercut but why i still feel like is a minority of fans who just screamed and yelled for years until they got their way i don't know how y'all feel but uh, sham i don't even want to talk to that but to me that's that was one of my biggest takeaways oh man if i'm Walter armada i'm looking at this place like what are we doing well, finally guys moving in the right direction and now we're going back to Zack snyder i mean and it's funny, they said that they were um, excited, I don't know what the word was that Boris used in his article when they saw his presentation, but to me, like, in order for this to, to be greenlit, like, I would have to have seen that movie. I would have to have seen the cut. I don't know. It didn't say that they saw the movie. They just said he put a presentation together. I don't know what that means. But, I mean, Zack Snyder, it's, his DC movie making is suspect. And the idea that now I gotta put this as part of what we put together we're going back to that part of the of the of the era of dc movies where people kept laughing at them they were a laughing stock i don't know i i would feel i would feel a way if i was walter mod say mm, i don't know i mean i mean and i remember you you texted us when when this when this uh when this all went down and i told kendall i was like i don't know i think that's hyperbole and i think it is you know i don't think hamada because this is, um, I would say, if this were being released in theaters, I would agree. I, I, then I would agree with you. I'd be like, all right, why? Like, why? You know? Because he's he, like, you're right. He is trying to change the brand. This is direct to streaming. So I don't think, I think this is still being looked at as something, something of a director's cut, you know, type of thing. Where it's, it, they're kind of, mar- they're marketing it as an event. But it's still a they're still kind of in the vein of a director's cut. So I don't think it's undercutting what Hamada is trying to do in terms of the movies. 
let me give you this think- scenario, Sham. Though, what if mm-hmm. let's say this movie comes out, it's good. I don't know if anyone thinks this is gonna be some right. crazy classic, but let's say it's good. You mm-hmm. are you're doing a new Batman. You're doing whatever you're gonna end up doing with Flash. You have one new Wonder Woman coming out. You 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 have these ideas that you're putting forward. You know if that movie, yo, know, these people were standing for Zack Snyder after the the crap we saw from Justice League, and the crap we saw from BVS. You you imagine how those people are gonna be if this movie's good. I know that Umberto Gonzalez, shout out to him, he says that there's no way in hell basically that we're ever gonna see any kind of spinoffs based off of this Justice League movie. But as we already seen, I don't think anyone can say that for sure because Warner Brothers, at the end of the day, is going to listen to the bottom line, and if the money and the and the and the and the word and the buzz is moving back into the direction of Zack Snyder. Now, I think that Walter Armada might have you looking behind his shoulder, like he's the back, like you know, the backup quarterback who's starting to get reps in, in practice when he was never getting reps before. He was off the team; they just re-signed him. Now he's taking first team reps. I'm like. That creates a whole different scenario. Like, think, you know, we're, right now, I think we're looking at this, like, perfect world. Oh, like, that thing is its own thing, and Hamada will do his own mm-hmm. thing, and we'll all be happy, happy, happily ever after. One, we, one thing, you know, Shamari, as a Star Wars fan and a superhero fan, we all know it as superhero fans, that these fans, they're, they're, they're very, very aggressive when it comes to pushing agendas and pushing what they want. And... They're not going to allow this to be clean and nice. This is going to get messy if that movie is good. I think if the movie is okay, it's going to get messy. Like That's the part of this I think that they're not anticipating. Like If this movie is just decent, I think that this is going to create major problems. Because people are going to be saying they're going to be comparing now what they did with Justice League to whatever they're doing with Bat- the Batman. Whatever they're going to do with uh, any of these other movies moving forward. And it's just, why would you want to compete with yourself? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I was all for the world of DC where you're all making different kind of movies within your own vision. But now you're going back to another guy's vision that he has a fan base. There's no doubt about it. I think that that's where I think things can get tricky. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and that I understand. And that I think that's the only thing. I think the the only piece that I do take issue with, because while I do agree with that, I also think that Hamada is using Snyder's pieces, so it's not so disjointed. Like, if we had a different Wonder Woman and a different Aquaman and a different Flash, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, w- I mean, what are you going to do? But there's there, well, we may still have a different Flash. We don't know what's going to happen with that. But we do have the same Aquaman and the same Wonder Woman. Um, and we don't know what's going on with Superman either, which, I mean... I'm sure eventually we'll get to that as well. But, I mean, we still have these. He still has the same pieces. So I don't, th- I don't think it's going to be as, as, I mean, you're, you're going to have these, the Snyder, the Snyder or bust people, um, which I think, I think, I think the Snyder or bust people is much, much more of a minority than maybe this Snyder cut thing makes it, makes it out, makes it out to be. Um, I think there's more like even I supported releasing the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see the Snyder Cut, but I'm definitely not a Snyder or Bust type of person. I think those people are very few. And I think if I think 
I think once we get a patent, well, well, we'll get into that. I think it's it gets tricky when you get into the the negative press Pattinson has gotten recently that exactly. I didn't foresee, that I did not foresee. So we'll see what happens there. And Batfleck um, has a lot of fans online, man. Like he does. I'm telling you, if, I, if I'm Matt Reeves, I'm feeling a way about all this. Like yeah, he. He does, but even even that, I don't know if Snyder can fix because you can tell he was kind of looking kind of out of shape in Justice League, and you know you can't. I mean, you could try I, to I can't, see that. I can't explain to these people. I can't speak to these people about why they love him so much. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. And there's and there's way yeah. more of them. And there's a lot of people who didn't even like Justice League that really liked <laughs> Ben Affleck that yeah. really liked him in BVS, even they didn't like that movie. And I can't understand why. And and I and I like Batflick. I didn't I didn't hate Batflick, but I I thought. I mean, you could tell he was looking kind of out of shape in Justice League. That, well, he that he kind of, he was he was going off. through a very rough time, and they yeah, brought him yeah, back after going through rehab. Right. So that you know exactly. You know, and he went through um, whatever he had to but, go through, which is understood. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I think it, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think it's going to be as much of an issue. Um, but but you know some people are going to try to make it an issue, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> last, word, last, yeah, last word on that, Kendall. What do you think of that notion? Like, do you do you think that I'm I'm being over the top by saying that this is going to get messy if this movie is good or well received? I I think to me it's it's clear as day to me that this is going to create problems. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, create problems. I think. I, I guess it depends on like how much do they actually I, care. I think that I think if I think if this is a legendary like wow, people are that'd sick. be dangerous. If it's something like that, and, then yeah, I agree. and that goes to my thing of like it can only, if this is only gonna be but so good because Justice League. So like if this is it just becomes a let's say it's a good movie where we're like wow like Snyder man like maybe not a classic but it's like I mean of course those people are gonna be like ah like you guys ruined it and bring Snyder back and like. All that stuff, and that's not good for Hamada. But is that going to hurt their future earnings? Like, is that going to hurt the purse? Most for most Wonder of the people Woman are the, most of the people are the same. You know, they still. I mean, it's only right. going to help Momoa. Right. That's why he's been shouting from the rooftops for them to release this thing. Right. And, and so, I, I think I understand. I understand the point of view that yes, these people will be loud about it, and. But I, I think, again, it goes to the point that you made earlier about them being a loud minority that I don't know if it's going to actually impact them in a way that shifts any decision-making or shifts or, like, hurts You sure them. about that? This is Warren Brothers we're talking about. And that's 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 uh, that's certainly an interesting thing to look at. Um, you know, we start talking about this air cut, which is coming up in a second. Well, yeah, we're going to yeah. get to that. <laughs> but like I, but I don't know if this is going to be a deal where they're like, wow. So maybe we should have Snyder. Maybe we should scrap the Batman or have Snyder do Joker too. Like I, I think there's going to be a limit to this. Um, I do think it's dangerous going back to the well because I'm like, even the way you framed it with like, I mean, look, Snyder has had a murky history with DC. Things have been much better since he's been out of the picture. Uh, it's just weird. And I think we all kind of view it as, for the most part, this is a safe, low-risk move for DC because it's like, look, you're spending a lot of money. You're spending, you know, money, but 
at the end of the day, like, it's just a movie that's going to be released. It's only going to be but so good. And then all the Snyder Cut people can shut up about it. Because if you don't, if you never release it, you're never, that monkey's never going to get off your back. Now that you've released it, their hope is that the monkey will get off your back. They not yeah. monkey off your back and move on. Again, I don't think the movie's going to be that good. Which I don't think people, all the people that are excited about it, I'm happy for them. I mean, the release but I don't think people are. I found a release of Snyder Cut on Change.org that has almost 200,000 signatures. I mean, it's a lot of people. Yeah. But I it's mean, not, it's still, I mean, it's a lot of people, but it's still is not a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like. It's definitely not. It, like, to me. Millions saw Justice League. Yeah. Millions. And, and None like, of them were control, com- compelled to sign that thing. I didn't. I and like I 100% believe that Warner this Warner Brothers they're going to be in the red in terms of because they're not going to make back 20 they're That's not going to make saying. 30 million dollars off of the HBO know, the Max subscriptions. subscriptions yeah, yeah it doesn't make sense it's, yeah I, so, you know, I, mean, I, I I think I think it's going to come down to look this movie isn't that great I don't think people are going to be going out and saying they're going to be the lunatics I don't say the lunatics but the, the people <laughs> yeah. on the lunatics <laughs> That are going to be like, ah, oh, the movie was great anyway. I mean, Shamari knows the people on you that live on YouTube that'll completely oh, yeah, warp the, whatever reality there is about what's good or what's bad or whatever. <laughs> but, like, they're going to be those people that are out there that are going to say it's a great movie regardless. But if it's even, like, decent, like, I don't think you're going to get all these people saying, you know, bring Snyder back. I think... Oh, buddy. I like, think y'all are for a rude awakening. I think there may be people that say, look, give him a movie... That's not Batman, Superman, like whatever. But I don't think we're gonna get to see all these people saying, you know, Snyder, let Snyder, Snyder, you man of steel too. Like, ah. man, if know. I'm Matt Reeves, yo, what's the name? Hamada, baby, give me a call immediately. I signed on to this project with the idea that I don't gotta do nothing that Zack Snyder had to do, and the idea that now my after we were had a clean break from that that now my movie is going to be going up directly basically directly against almost what they just put out with justice league and then all those crazies who support Zack snyder and Zack snyder man he owes it to his fans um they are die hard as i don't know if i've ever seen people that die hard for a director like in this way um like i would say yo y'all gotta explain this to me because now my movie is going to be matched up against a movie that technically is your competition. It kind of reminds me of Joe Budden talking about, uh, shout out to Joe Budden, you know, rappers on the same labels, even though they, it doesn't appear like they're on the same labels. All these labels are owned by, like, three companies. And, and all the rappers feeling like, yo, fam, why am I competing against my own label mate? Like, that's how I feel about if I was Matt Reeves for today. I'd be like, why am I, why is my movie not going to be kind of looked at through the lens of having just seen Ben Affleck again. How does that make any sense? Wasn't the whole point of this was that it was a, we had enough time between the last movie that we could introduce this new Batman. Now we're bringing that other Batman back that it has fans. Again, I'm not, he's not, he's not George Clooney. Like he, he, there's a faction of fans of Batman fans that really did like Ben Affleck. And you're going to have him undercut Pattinson and myself. Nah, fam, I would not be cool with that. That's how I feel about it. But, um. Anyway, uh, now that we've gotten oh, through most of the Snyder Cut stuff, what, what's been fascinating since it happened, and what really had been kind of inevitable, was talk about Suicide Squad. Um, that director, David Ayer, 
Uh, he hasn't been shy about expressing how he felt. Intervention from Warner Brothers did not allow him to release his version of that 2017 movie. If you remember, uh, WB really freaked out at the reaction to BBS and the reception to the first Suicide Squad uh, trailer um, elicited a, you know major changes. They brought in a trailer studio to recut the theatrical release of the film to stray away from Zack Snyder's you know edginess that was kind of tinted throughout the whole you know uh, Suicide Squad promotional campaign, and then eventually what would have, would have been the movies you know. Which is, again, all ironic because they were running away from Zack Snyder all the time. Anyway, uh, well, now, with all the talk about the Snyder Cut, Frosty Wintraub from Collider tweeted out that WB should also consider releasing an air cut of Suicide Squad. Uh, David Ayer then responded saying he would support such a movie and that putting out his version of the movie would be, quote, a lot easier. I would assume that's because... Um, most of the effects and stuff were done. It was just a matter of how much they cut out of the movie and how much they ended up, you know, reshooting. It is important to note that in 20, whenever that movie came out, when the whole, you know, and I don't know, you know, Ayer, he's working for a company, he's going to spin. But that's why I think you got to take everything these directors say and stuff at a grain of salt. I think that's what we do great on the show. We don't just take whatever people say at face value. Ayer actually said during the time that when they were doing the reshoots and the whole word was that, oh, they're doing the reshoots because they want to add more humor because this movie's too dark. He laughed it off and said, oh, no, they just want to do more action. Ever since that movie came out now, he's been complaining about the reshoots, complaining about all the cuts that they had to make. So it is kind of fascinating that this is where we are, we, where we are. Um, Kendall, do you support WBB coming back and releasing an air cut of Suicide Squad? Um, look, it's not my money. So if they want to put it out there, I'm not going to tell them no. Uh, I'm not going to tell them how to run their business. Uh, if they feel like it's financially uh, you know, feasible for them to do so, fine. Uh, I'm not, I'm not anti-content. Do, do, do you think it is? If you were running Warner Brothers, if, if but you But as a fan, I don't really care. Uh, if I were running Warner Brothers, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, again, I don't know their bottom line. If they feel like it makes sense for them, but like this is a dangerous game that they're playing. You know, it was a dangerous game with the Snyder Cut. But if they would have kept it at the Snyder Cut, you could have maybe justified it as look, it was a massive social media campaign. You know, we kind of let it get out of control and never really nipped it in the bud, and that was that was it. Um, but now they're playing these games with the air cut. You know, AT and T is tweeting stuff about the air cut. Uh, joking yeah, the guy basically, the guy, the guy basically said, "Stay tuned." <laughs> when yeah, it was people started saying, "Yo, what about the air card?" And he was like, "One thing at a time." <laughs> like yeah, this you is know, what we're doing now. Like official, official company Twitter accounts or, or tweet are joking about this thing. And I'm like, all right, either and again, it goes back to the thing. I think there, this is another the experiment. Man. You know, them seeing what what are we going to be able to, what can we pull off? How many people want to see this? But Suicide Squad, similar to Justice League, was an all right movie. I think it was better than Justice League personally. Uh, but I think that very the the biggest issue with the movie was the third act was a mess, and I I just don't buy that the third act would be that much better in a, in a David Ayer uh, cut of the movie, which which was a David Ayer movie to begin with. So I I don't know. I you know I, I'm 
I, I'm not excited about this at all. And again, I think it's a dangerous slippery slope because I think we're going to see now this 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 strategy of any time a movie's bad, a director can just come out and say, "Well, this wasn't my cut of the movie. We need let's get my cut. Let's get the director's cut." Like the director's thing's always been out there, but now it's going to be used as an excuse. And this whole this idea of you know, studio meddling and, you know, what did Ayer say? The Edward Scissorfingers or whatever, like, cutting, cutting yeah, movies. Yeah. Like, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> like, that, like, come on now. Like, there's so much wrong with Suicide Squad that had nothing to do with Edward Scissorhands. So, I don't know. I'm, I don't really care. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to... I was telling Ken, me and Kenner were talking about this, of course. And I was telling him, look, I... Do I want to see the air cut? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, when it comes to all this stuff, I'm always in favor of more con- superhero content. I didn't hate Suicide Squad. Of course, I had a lot of issues, but I didn't hate Suicide Squad. I thought a lot of I thought the cast was great. I thought that a lot of the character interactions were great. Um, uh, I thought a good amount of the action was decent. I didn't hate Suicide Squad. I think David Ayer is a very talented director. I've seen some of his other work, and it's very, very good. So. I'm in favor of seeing an air cut. My only thing is, you know, I don't know why we're calling it the air cut. I think the fact that he's like framing this and maybe it didn't stem from him. I don't know. But the fact that people in general are framing this as a similar to the Snyder cut doesn't really make any sense. Um, I mean, this was his movie from start to finish. You know, so it's not like this isn't a side situation where he was removed from the project or left the project or anything like that. It's his movie. From start to finish. Um, now, if he wants to release a director's cut, which I think is what it should be called, it's just a director's cut. You know, isn't that what it is? Isn't that what a director's cut is? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a director's cut. And if he wants to release a director's cut, I'm in favor of that. I think Warner Brothers should do that. If he wants to do that, plenty of other studios do it, and there's no issue, there's no campaign around it. It's called a director's cut where you release it. Everything that the director wanted to be in the film, put in the film, you know, and that's just what it is if you want to spend money on it. So, yeah, I think they should release it. Um, I don't think there needs to be a campaign around it. I don't think he should get any more money for it, you know, in terms of, you know, creating anything, especially. I don't think he should get anything. I don't think there should be any kind of project or anything surrounding that. Um, now, when it comes to, um, you know, whatever issues he ran into and in the with the production, um, I mean, we do know that there there was, I mean, of course, Ayer said there was a lot of studio meddling and other, I'm sure there are other people that have reported that there have been studio meddling. And I'm sure there was studio meddling, um, you know, which is why people are talking about this in the first place. And um, uh, and we know that it, he, there was a rush production schedule. Was he told yes. to finish this movie in like a month or two months or something crazy like that? <laughs> so <laughs> They wanted to script in like a week. It's like something like crazy. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> so it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I definitely understand Ayer kind of feeling like, okay, you know, yeah, I want, I kind of want a second chance as well because I didn't exactly get a fair shake at this. And what he what he put out wasn't trash, wasn't complete trash with the, with, with the uh, pressure he was under. So I'm in favor of getting another cut. I don't think it's it's an air cut. It's a director's cut of the movie. But yes, I'm in favor of seeing it. Um, I think I think I I kind of understand Kendall's 
kind of attitude where it's like, I mean, what the harm? And your 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 attitude too, like, what harm could it be to put it out there? I guess to me, maybe because I'm so much like involved with the, is this going to be art that's worthy of the, the source material and um, worthy for the fans? To me, I don't see an air cut being that. And you guys illustrated a lot of those reasons. Look, that movie is cut terribly. I mean, that that cannot be said enough. I know, like, I look, I, we can go over air, and I will go over air's issues with that last movie. But to his, I guess, credit or to his point, that movie made no sense with the way it was cut. So fair is fair with that regard. Um. Now they did add some elements that I thought were interesting. I thought the music element, some of it was good, but then some, a lot of it just looked like a video game, like or a music video. It was really bizarre. Um, but with that being said, the problem with the air cut and difference from the Snyder cut is the air cut. Based on what I've seen from Air, it sounds like a lot of what we see from Suicide Squad is out of context or not in as good context because so, so much was cut. Um, there were these reshoots. I don't know how much of these reshoots would change the story, but that's, I guess, maybe was something we would learn if we got to see um, an air cut that did not include those reshoots. The the difference, though, is with Snyder, the, the thing about Snyder is th- this idea that a creator didn't get to finish his work and that he, um, that it was, it was then drastically altered and changed and then presented with his name on it. And that I think is kind of that kind of led to the, like the feverish pitch of these fans saying that this was unfair and this was unjust. And as a creator, I can understand that feeling for sure. Not a creator of movies for sure, but just anything. Just you making something and someone saying that's no, get out of here. Like we don't want you anymore, or for whatever reason. I mean, they're saying you know family emergency, whatever. I had to leave. You changed the project I was doing tremendously, and then you put my name on it. Yeah, I think that anybody can kind of feel a way about how that went down, which is why I think he has such loyal fans that got this Snyder cut home. Air, everything he shot, everything he directed is what we saw. We can't say that about Zack Snyder. Like, we know that there are elements of Zack Snyder stuff that we did not see. We know there's stuff that he didn't approve that was in, ended up being in the movie. With Air, he's saying that, okay, uh, it was intervention from this new company that came in and had to recut everything, and then Warner Brothers kind of leaning on them. He said that the only uh, the only win he said he got in like fighting with DC and the uh, and the editing company was getting Diablo's uh, one of the characters, getting the story about him killing his family. Which I'll admit, good job by him if that's true, because that was one of the best parts of the movie, kind of Diablo's story arc. And that does kind of make me wonder a little bit. Like, okay, if that was one of the things he claims he got right. It's convenient that that's yeah. one thing he says he got right. But he's which, saying one thing he got in there. I'm like, okay, well, which, that's a little interesting. I love that part of the movie. So which not, not I much believe, I love. I did love I mean, that. Have you seen some of his other stuff? I mean, kind of dark stuff like that. I mean, it sounds like it's right up his alley. And so that's I what he said, too, when he that. explained it. He said, this, if you watch my movies, this, this feels like it. But again, sometimes convenience can kind of lead you to kind of say things that you know, truth, what is it? I don't know. So, I, I know, I kind of, I have skepticism, but it does make me raise an eyebrow about, okay, well, that was a really good element that worked really well. Um, but the problem with that movie, as you guys illustrated, wasn't just the editing. It wasn't. 
um, it was a terrible villain. It was um, this, like, you know, an endless army of putty monsters. You had these uh, this team fighting. Um, it was uh, worthless characters that you had in there that just brought nothing to the table. Um, and I'm not talking about Joker or like I'm not talking about the character he claims didn't get enough time. I'm talking about like Killer Croc. I'm talking about you know Slipknot. Boomerang. You know, and could do Slipknot. <laughs> I mean, come on, we already know what that was about like characters that like were in the movie. Now, yeah, forget about Slipknot. I'm talking about like the actual squad members that were in the movie for the whole movie that just didn't get any kind of shine and were just there just to be there. There were a ton of issues, and that third act is a mess. Like he wrote that. Like, there is no going back and forth. He, like, the, the argument's been, oh, but if you knew more about Enchantress's story, like, it, it gives more. No, there's no way you can tell me Enchantress spinning and dancing around, like Adam West Batman doing his, you know, 70s dance, and that weird CGI effect that we saw, that that would have somehow been better had we seen more from Cara Delevingne. I'm sorry, I'm out. No way you're going to sell me on that. And I don't think anyone really believes that. I think if you're pushing that, you're just pushing a narrative for the sake of pushing a narrative that you know maybe you, like this movie and you wanted to see more i don't know but you can't tell me that, that that was good and then that could be better by what was left out of the movie he had scripting issues he had and now look the scripting issues you can argue also part of dc because they told him to do a script in a month i get that but so either, there's no way this is getting fixed to, by an air cut either, do, I, do, I, do you want to see the air cut i would watch it because i love this medium so <laughs> Would I watch it? Sure. I am in no way asking for it or care if they do it or not. Why? With Zack Snyder, there's a little bit of a care for me because my thing is, okay, there's a different movie that's out there. I don't think it's that great, but I want to see it. Like, I want to I wanna see it. Like, I, 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 there, this movie, I saw the movie. It's just there's more footage that puts this movie that was a mess in greater context. And I'm just, I just don't think, think that's necessary. I don't know. I, it, to me, it's like, for the people who saw, I didn't ever got to see the ultimate cut of BVS, but for many people, they say the movie has still has all of its issues, but at least everything's in better context. That's what, exactly what would happen when the air cut. It'd be okay. At least the movie makes a little more sense. It's still terrible villain, still terrible third act, still poorly written. Like it, like something you, you can't fix some of these things by just putting more stuff on it. You know, like you know, it's like uh, it, it's funny. This is a really random analogy, but I. A couple years ago, I learned how to make pizza in a pizza's class. And one of the guys, I think they told me is a lot of people feel like throwing on more ingredients will fix your pizza or make your pizza better. Actually, a lot of times that will only make it worse and heavy and gross. <laughs> like, like I don't think that just putting more footage of that movie is changing the movie for the better. I don't I don't see it. Uh, my thing is, why are we talking about movies that came out five years ago? That's we're, my whole like, question about it's, it's this. The, it's, it's so stupid that we're talking we're talking about Justice League and Suicide Squad in twenty twenty. A a a loud minority. I again, I think it's a minority, but I don't know. It's a loud minority have kept this dialogue on the internet since these movies came out. Like it's just been nonstop, and it's it, and that's why we're here. And and I I wonder, you know what the future is for this. Like, I don't think, like, to me, like, I can't see this being something that's that has a future, where all of a sudden you put a movie out and then five minutes later you do a director's cut. Now, what I could see happening is, 
like, you know, Kendall made the case that, oh, any directors come on to, hey, put the director's cut of my movie out. I don't think that's monetarily smart for any company to just buy into that because they've done director's cuts before and nobody's cared. I think what I could see what I could see being interesting is you doing theatrical releases of two different movies of alternate endings or alternate versions that I could see being way more. And that would be way more of a concocted kind of vision moving forward for Hollywood, which who knows what even looks like post covid. But right. Do they even have the money to do that going forward? Right. Like, is that, does that make sense? Like, is anyone going to movies anymore? Like, like these are real serious questions you got to start asking. But let's say if the world ends up looking very similar to what it was before COVID, could I see if this is a Zack Snyder thing, this big success, them saying we're actually going to put out different versions of, of this movie. And you could see, you know, you know, the seven o'clock showing is the is our version. But then like a special, you know, it's just it's like with um, video games, like we are we're all gamers. You got the regular 2K and you got the legendary version of 2K. You know, you got, you know, your your regular Mortal Kombat and then you got the Mortal Kombat with all the DLC already in it. Like, like that, that's already in our society. We have that kind of stuff already. It's never permeated into movies. But could that, could that change with this Zack Snyder thing? That I could see. Do I think that guys like Air, guys like Trank, just random people who have made movies, and I'd say these guys are random because they're they're they've been directors for a while. But I mean, I'm just talking about any other director just saying, oh, you know what, my my director's code is actually a little better. I there's no there's no feverish pitch to want to see these movies. Like you, and there's got to be a demand in order for this that model to work. And I don't think that demand is there. I think it's only there for Snyder. And then the air stuff, I think, is more is more of like a subsidiary of the Snyder cut. Like people, I think they're, I think they're the kind one, of the same. Look, the one aspect we haven't broached about this is, I think you talked about Walter Hamada kind of feeling like, well, yeah, James <laughs> Gunn. Yeah, well, how about how about this? Yeah, but about, James Gunn, yeah, Gunn has a sequel coming out, and his movie is supposed different. to be in the in some level in the same universe. Clearly, <laughs> some of the same characters. Does that now like get? Does that now? change yeah that for to me that's more of a conflict like we were talking about hamada like we never gun, another justice if i were gun i'd be calling hamada right now and saying why is this happening and now of course was, obviously was nothing's it, been greenlit nothing's happening yet you know but, what is changing about my project do i have to change something i mean is this you know like because this is i mean if this is and that's the thing it depends on how they market this if this is a director's cut I don't think there's any issue, honestly. Um, I mean, I think they can. Yeah, release. If you're saying it's the same movie, just with a couple. Of, just director's cut. You know, we added we added some stuff, which, by the way, is what I think what this movie is. What this movie is, if you know, air. I don't think he's gonna make a totally different movie if he's given this. If if, he, if they <laughs> let him so do an air, like, let David Ayer do what? Yeah, do what? Like this. This is your movie. You made this movie. You know, you're rushed. Sure, sure, but you made the movie. movie better. Like, why don't we give that opportunity to every filmmaker? Sure, yeah. every filmmaker would love to after after critics see it and fans see it. You know, say, oh, let me go back and change this or change that. Yeah, I mean, the industry's rough, man. Into studio meddling, all that. You, you know, Edward uh, Scissorhands. We release a director's cut and we move on. You know, I mean, it sucks, but it is what it is. But I mean, with this, if they just release it to streaming and it's just a director's suicide squad director's cut. I don't think it's as big of a deal. 
if they really market this as a whole other movie and say David Ayer's Suicide Squad, if I were James Gunn, I'd be like, why is this happening? This is very problematic. It's making my job a lot more, um, you know, it doesn't help my movie. So I, I would have an issue with that if I were him. Well, James, with James Gunn, I mean, we, we're, we're assuming it's a sequel. Like I talked about with my, with, you know, the homies from Don't Tell's yeah, podcast. Which, which that's we don't even know if it is. I know <laughs> that there are a lot of the same actors and by a lot, it's like three. But every time they get asked about whether or not there's a sequel, they all kind of like, Wink, wink, and kind of keep it moving. We don't know what this movie is, and yeah, it's very confusing. It, it, it's a little weird. I, I there are questions. Like you could have, we can have I, questions again, about whether that's smart. Well, we talked about this before. I've always said whether or not it, whether or not it's like a honest sequel, we don't really know. But if, I can guarantee you, a large portion of people that will see it will view it as a sequel for sure. If you put Harley Quinn, Amanda Waller. And Captain Boomerang in there. Yes. I Even agree. if you don't put Will Will Smith, some of the other people in there. Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree with that. But it's, it's, I mean, to me, still, it would make it worse if this wasn't a sequel and you're you're somehow putting out this other movie that already has like like we've already talked about the confu- the confusion the issue it has with the fact that it has a lot of the same actors and they're trying to move forward with this still. Like, you know, a lot of people looked at this as a soft reboot. For this franchise, and yeah, they go back. I mean, that that's not gonna help at all. That other movie had Will Smith. Like, that's a big deal. Like, you know, um, if they all, if, you know, this movie of course won't have Will Smith. The new one, like, that's not nothing. They just all of a sudden put the kind of campaign they put behind um, uh, the, the Snyder cut, at least the campaign they're beginning. Or, well, they began it last year, but you know what I'm saying. Like, that's good. That's that's gonna suck up a lot of oxygen. Again, I. I see a lot of messiness. If I'm Reeves, if I'm Gunn, I'm calling Hamada and saying, you guys got to tell me what the hell's going on. Because I know these guys didn't sign up knowing that this was going to be the, the arrangement. No way. And I cannot, and I do not think that they agree if plans to do a Snyder cut and an air cut while they're making their movies was going to be greenlit. That's, there's no way. Because why would anybody agree to those terms under those terms? Like, it only, again, it it only undercuts what you're doing with your creative vision and DC's whole advantage over Marvel for what people in Hollywood have said has been that they are very loyal to allowing directors freedom to have their own vision post the Zack Snyder stuff. And and even and to some degree, like under Snyder, like that was also his vision. Like in fairness to him, like the whole them meddling with with air kind of happened after Snyder started to kind of see his end coming soon it wasn't before his vision was similar was that he wanted directors to have their own feel for their movies uh which is why when we argue about you know because a lot of fans will argue about oh well you love wonder woman it's like yeah but he wasn't like feige in the sense that like he was just like super super you know making every movie like him like he wanted his directors to have the freedom to do what he wants like he did write wonder woman so he deserves a ton of credit for that but it's a different mold. It's not like he was Kevin Feige. Um, he, he didn't have that title. So so it's, it's a little different. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that this is going to create a lot of problems. But um, let's move on, though. Let's talk about this other massive story before we get to the episode recaps. Um, in a shocking move last week, actress Ruby Rose announced she is leaving Batwoman. 
the CW star says she will no longer be uh, playing Kate Kane. She is not returning for season two and that her decision was, quote, not made lightly. Meanwhile, CW thanked Kane for her service along with uh, Berlanti Productions thanking Kane, saying that it is uh, fully committed to uh, Batwoman's future and that it will start uh, with a recasting of the title character. Batwoman co-stars Cameron Johnson and Nicole Kane both posted messages. Um, of course, Nicole plays uh, 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 you know Kate's sister. Cameron plays uh, Luke Fox. Uh, they both posted messages to the fans, kind of thanking them for support. But neither of them mentioned Rose, which I find very interesting. Johnson even went to affirm they would, quote, work uh, our freaking butts off to make season two happen. And uh, out of that, there have been rumors, or at least not rumors, reports, uh, uh, TV line saying that uh, Rose struggled with this role. She struggled with the long hours. She struggled with living in Vancouver. And sources telling that outlet that Rose's exit was a mutual breakup, that this was uh, not some kind of thing where it was, uh, you know, CW was just like, oh, man, we, we got left at the altar. I mean, apparently CW kind of wanted to end as well. And that Rose's frustration did not make her easy to work with on set, which I have a way, I, I do feel a way about that part of it. But anyway, um, I always talk to you guys. I'll go first on this. I, I tell you what, when I first heard this news, I felt bad for Ruby. And I know some fans on here may be like, what? But let me hear me out here. I felt bad for Ruby because I felt like it was terrible. Ruby, in many ways, feels kind of like a pariah in Hollywood. And a lot of it stems from her being LGBT and the way she, I guess, represents that movement and that um, uh, that group of people. When I say movement, it's a it's a group of people um it she's for whatever reason kind of just always been very controversial and very polarizing and you know throwing that into the you know gasoline of being in superhero content where it's all about kind of you know being from the culture and earning your stripes and respecting what we have like it's a it was a bad mix and you know when she got cast she got hammered and a lot of people felt like this is her just using this avenue to kind of build her brand and she's not really in it for the love of superheroes similar to what uh, you know which is kind of really sad what people have said about her with the lgbtq stuff is that this is someone who's not really quote unquote for lack of a better term down for the cause or whatever and um and then she uses it to kind of i guess help her uh help her her, her move up in in hollywood and, and as a celebrity so i felt bad for her when i heard this because i knew that in some ways it almost kind of confirmed for those people, like their, their, what was true hate. I mean, she had to turn off her Instagram comments because of all the hate she was getting. And I'm, I can't imagine the kind of nasty stuff she heard over the last year. You're playing a, a female character that's a superhero that's also LGBTQ. The LGBTQ community doesn't necessarily embrace you. The superhero community definitely don't embrace you. This was a tough, tough job. Probably a job that she should have never taken. Um, and then when you hear these stories about, oh, she didn't like living in Vancouver. And she was not easy to work with, you know, everything that people kind of thought could happen. And we talked about on this show in regards to whether or not she would really have this kind of commitment to this. It it doesn't play well right now. So, and then boy, her co-star is not giving her any kind of, hey, thanks, Ruby. It was great working with you. They gave her no shine. Two people that are on, on uh, screen with her the most outside of the Alice actress. None. Like, 
I, 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 I saw this news and I saw it play out and I felt bad for Ruby. Regardless of how this all went down, you know, it, it is unfortunate it ended this way. Yeah, we can. Uh, obviously, we also had the situation where she she almost, she almost died. Yeah, she was almost yeah, paralyzed. Yeah, yeah and, she almost was paralyzed. It's you crazy. know, the one person, the one production assistant was paralyzed. You know, on the show. So look, I mean, it, it's not. A, it wasn't exactly the uh, safest show to work on. Uh, put it blunt. <laughs> um, so look, there's a lot of factors at hand. You know, some people feel like, yeah, you know, them saying it wasn't mutual. Is a sign that maybe Warner Brothers clearly wanted to part ways. I, I just, I just don't think that that is viable. Like, I don't think that whatever issues they had, that Warner Brothers felt it was so extreme that they were like, we're gonna completely blow up the show in season one. Because that's what's <laughs> happening. The show now is in massive trouble. And I mean, look, they can try to recast. I don't think the show was like so like big that a recast would like ruin it. Um, yeah, I, which, which kind of spe- speaks to Ruby Rose's performance, right? Maybe, you know, yeah, in an unfortunate way, but. yeah. You know, like personally, I don't want to see a recast, but we're gonna have to do some sort of recast, you would think. Um, I think there are ways you can do it. The question is, if you're gonna recast this character, are we just doing the straight up like we, we start up season two, it's a different KK. Same story, just different person playing K. Kane. Uh, uh, or do you do it in some sort of story way? You know, like it is ironic that obviously they're doing this whole thing well, with this... the face shifting stuff. And can you do something where her face is just different now? Well, what's I mean, crazy though, Kendall, I think you can is... get away with that. Well, but Kendall, what's what makes this thing even more interesting and how they're going to pull this off is remember, this season wasn't complete. Yeah, that's what <laughs> they I'm didn't complete. Tomorrow. This season, technically, I so know they're, they're saying they're that petty. oh, next two next season is you know is a new season, but we'll finish. I mean, what are they gonna do? Like the question. I mean, do you? I mean, you're gonna have to reshoot those. If you if if you're saying to new KK, you're gonna have to just say all right, whatever episodes we had left, whatever little footage we had left, we're just gonna have to scrap it, just start from scratch. Um, which is unfortunate, but it's to me I, again. I would I would finish something with Ruby Rose if you can and recast the character. I've even heard some people say, look, you kill off the character. I you know, that that's that seems extreme, but I mean, do you just move to, you know, Pennyworth? Do you move to the other girl, the, the you know, with the crows? Like and do you just put them in the suit? I mean, that's so that's so many people have, have thrown out there. Um I I don't know. I think that this is very unfortunate. I think it had to have been very serious for them to for for this to happen. I mean, this has never happened. I can almost. I mean, I I you know dare you to find an example of a show losing its its main actor or actress. The title character after season of the show. one. The title character of the show in season one saying, "I don't want to do this anymore," and them having to recast. I don't think this ever happened. I mean, I'm sure I mean, it has. Not for, I mean, not, not for... It's, it's not but it never any, happened in anything, I think, that is... That people have paid attention to like this. Yeah, that's yeah, mainstream. I mean... Not that I can remember. I mean, I, I didn't watch any a lot of old shows, so I don't know... Yeah, I'm sure some of these sitcoms, you probably find someone where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, actually, you know, this guy played, you know, like, they recast Grady or something random. Or so, well, I didn't pick up on that. But, like, yeah, this is... 
I mean, you can go the Fresh Prince route and just say it's a, it's the same person and just pretend that something happened. You know, you know, Fresh Prince obviously broke the fourth wall. Uh, you know, to address the whole Aunt Viv thing, but and that's maybe what I would do: take make light of it, like, oh wow, Kate, you look a little different or something like that. But this is just gonna play awfully on streaming services. Well, you know, all, like yeah. anyone that watches this joint on Netflix, like, is gonna be like, what happened to that one? Like, the whole branding of the show is gonna have to be redone. Like, wow. Well, first of all, thank last... well, first of all, thank God they never recasted Grady from Seinfeld. Shout out to an R.I.P. to Whitman Mayo because that would have been tragic. <laughs> you from uh, you know, Sanford's son. Yeah, you know how much I love Sanford's son. Whitman Mayo was a was a legend, so that just needed to be put out there. I yes. was like Grady. I couldn't let that reference go un, untouched. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's gonna be weird. What do you think? What do you think, Sharon? Yeah, I mean, the last big recasting I remember, and of course Kendall knows this too, is probably, uh, um, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say what I know him as, but just Reggie from uh, Riverdale. It's probably the last big one that, um, uh, that I know where he was recast. Yeah. Uh, after season one, which yeah. I like season, I like the season one Reggie. Yeah, and that was, um, and he was a he was a main character. He wasn't like, you know, in every episode, but he was a frequent recurring character and still is. Yeah. And um, CW, yeah, Berlanti, another Berlanti verse. Yeah, it's another Berlanti verse show, and it was handled really well. New actor did a good job, came in, he performs well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is this is different in that this isn't the title uh, character of the show after the first season, and where the show is literally about this character, it's going to be hard. Now, I'm, and and I do agree, EJ. I think it's just I kind of approach this with kind of a little a little bit of sadness as well. You know, just for Ruby Rose, I know it's, you know, her whole social media thing has been easy. It's not easy for a lot of these actors and actresses uh, online, especially if they're a minority really in any aspect, whether it be due to their sexuality, race, you know, whatever. Um, But uh, but yeah, you know, she's had a rough a rough go of it. But, you know, hopefully uh, whatever she's going through, um, if she's going through anything right now, uh, you know, she comes out okay and all that. but yeah, for the, for the show, it's gonna be hard. I mean, I think, and you look, look, I, like I mentioned it kind of briefly before. I mean, I wouldn't. She didn't. She wasn't a terrible Batwoman. But y'all know, I had said from the get go, I feel like she's a little, a little, uh, very stoic, you know. Um, so I feel like maybe you can cast someone that can bring a little more life to the character, and maybe Kate's like that as a character. I feel like she is the little bit that I've seen from her. She does kind of seem that way, but hopefully someone that maybe just bring up just a little more, oomph, a little something to the character. Um, even in the more emotional moments, it seemed kind of very, still very kind of like there was a wall up, you know? So hopefully we can get someone. And now like, you know, how awkward this joint's going to look, man. I, like next season, we're going to mm-hmm. be watching yeah, and it's gonna be like, it's going to be a like typically, you introduce new characters. Like, all right, you see yeah. how they mesh into. We're we're looking at the title character and saying how is how the title character going to mesh with the with the supporting characters that we already are familiar with. That's yeah. going to yeah, it's going to be weird. I don't think we can understate how weird and how bad of a situation Warner Brothers is in right now. That's now, so unprecedented. Now, one thing that I think is going to help. It's not a good thing for them, but I think it's going to help. Is this season was very bad in my opinion. I think this was a very bad season. 
So you can only go. <laughs> it was a situation where you can kind of only go up from here. You right. know, you're recasting the main character. You can see this as a fresh clean new, slate, yeah. clean slate, new start. Okay, you know, Alice is around, but you know, doesn't necessarily. Well, they started this whole hush thing, and we'll look, we'll we'll see how that goes. But you know, you can kind of re maybe reshape some relationships. You can start over. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, they can, it kind of be a part of a, a way for them to start fresh, so to speak. And, well, look, uh, I mean, even uh, Guggenheim basically said that this could be a good thing, which told me already before we even got yeah. the report about uh, this not being this being mutual. Um, Guggenheim said that uh, I was I talking so to one of the Batwoman writers the uh, other day <laughs> and we were saying how in this, uh, in this is a is a great opportunity. Like, like it's Warren me, Spin. <laughs> 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 but like. I mean, he he said there's a great creative opportunity in the fact that you lost your title character, the the center of this franchise, a, a franchise that you care deeply about. I mean, this is Mark, this is Guggenheim. This isn't. We're not even talking about you know some guy at Warner Brothers who has a million properties. I mean, this is his thing, and he's like, this could be a great opportunity that we got rid of that person or that person is gone. I mean, that 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 does tell me a lot about how they felt about how the season went, whether it be what they put on screen. Probably um, not the best way to see this. Damn it. He didn't, he didn't deny it because he said it twice. He Later in the, he says he repeats it. He said it, uh, in the, in that challenge lies a creative opportunity. He said it twice. He wasn't shying away from that. So it, it was a bad choice of words. He didn't think so. He kept saying it. Like, Which, look, I think that that's, I don't yeah, say it's bullying, like, but I, I think that that's, I think it's taking pot shots. You know, where it's like, I, I I, yeah, well, it's taking pot shots. And it's like, that's not the issue, man. Like, <laughs> you're deflecting. If you if you think getting rid of Ruby Rose is gonna save the show, when like that that had nothing to do with Alice and you know Mouse and all the stuff with well, Jacob true. and him. Oh, I that's not best. And the, that was all this stuff was not all stuff was bad, but. Ruby Rose was not the reason why this show was bad. No, I mean, so, a lot of people who have watched this show have... Positive, I mean, that's like... I mean, that's like a basketball team that was, like, terrible. And, like, you're, one of your better players, like, leaves, and you're like, well, look, I mean, you know, we didn't have the best season last year. It's like, well, it's not because of that guy. <laughs> now, you gotta replace, now you gotta, you gotta replace the point guard when the rest of the team is already kind of a mess. So, I don't know. Yeah, you it's like when you blame, you blame the quarterback, and it's like... It's like, oh, at least that guy's going. It's like, yeah, but your offensive line is still trash. So, like, no matter who's blocking, no matter who's throwing it, you can't block them. It don't matter. The play, the, the call, the play calls were awful. I, what do you want them to do? Like that yeah. is, and like that's if you, a lot of people who haven't watched this show, like, have asked my opinion because they know I've watched it or they saw me comment and I've said, look, um, the show is kind of meh, but like it's not meh because of Ruby. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think anyone who watched it will say, oh, Ruby's the reason why this is pulling down. Was she the greatest? No, but I thought she was fine. Like, I think as the show went on, she got better, and she is what she is. She's not a top-notch actress, but is she solid? Is she good? Did she deliver the line she needed to with the right emotion, right feeling most of the time? Yeah, I think that she was not really any—I never really watched the show much. thought, like, oh, man, she's just—they're just carrying her. Like, that never felt like the case, ever, even early on, when you could tell she still was kind of getting used to being in that spotlight— um, so yeah, this is, I, I, and, and the one thing I will say is, and I think it's got to be said on this show, like the whole, she was difficult to work with thing. I'm not saying it's not true, but how often we hear that with f- 
female actresses and just females in general in any kind of power or any kind of big position that when things go wrong it's like oh she was difficult to work with you know i think as a as a society we gotta you know kind of also think about you know framing because that that kind of framing and uh changing of the narrative and shifting of the narrative often kind of leans on those kind of tropes it's not to say that it's not true ruby could have very well been difficult to work with but i just think that it's convenient and kendall talked about them taking pot shots like it's convenient that like a day after this happened, this is what we're hearing is that she was difficult to work with and she was, you know, high maintenance, you know, Vancouver was the life in Vancouver. Wasn't what she wanted. Like, again, these are kind of things that we all, a lot of people for really, I don't say for no reason, but without really any evidence kind of threw on Ruby anyway, that she really wouldn't want to be about this life. And then they kind of use that kind of against her. I thought that was kind of messed up. Um, it's best to me to kind of just let it go if that was the case. But then you got, I don't know if the Guggenheim stuff is connected, but I could see how someone could say that does feel like a diss to say like, this is a great creative opportunity when you lost your star. I mean, that's, that's a, and he doesn't say like, oh, like, you know, we really wish we could have Ruby. Like he, he never says that. He just says in the face of a production challenge, <laughs> like that's it, <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, we lost out, you know, a great actress and a great friend and a family member, um, you know, but maybe through this we could like it wasn't any of that. It was well, look, it's a, it's a challenge, it's a logistical challenge, but we we can figure this out. It could end up being a positive. That says all I need to know about how they felt about their arrangement and why it's no longer a thing anymore. Um, they seem. I mean, look, I I get the sense that because because the CW is very. I mean, if this was on a different network. I kind of feel the same way in that. Oh, I mean, difficult to work with. Was she not, was she not following the company line? Well, you know, what was she, what was she, what was she saying or not saying? But on the CW, I mean, with all the show that they have and and um, you know all the mostly positive things I hear about the shows, I I I I don't, I, I don't jump to that conclusion. I I'm more inclined to believe that. Uh, maybe she probably was. I mean, if if no one, uh, you know, the and other I'm not and, and Sham, I'm not even it. really yeah, denying. Yeah, I would probably agree. And Sham, for me, I'm not even making the jump of whether or not it's true. I think Warner Brothers knows what comes with labeling an actress high maintenance, difficult to work with. Mm. They know they know what the weight of that and what that comes with. Um and actresses have done, you know, to their strength and to their credit, they've they've spoken a lot about this over the last few years, especially with the Me Too stuff. Like, that stuff kind of thing has weight. And, like, that hurts Ruby moving forward. It, that's unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if it was true to me, because I feel like, again, that doesn't seem to happen to men as much. Um, at least not white men. You know, and that can maybe get into another conversation. But I just think yeah. day one, that's the you're going to the typical woman was hard to work with. That wasn't it for me. Even if it's true, it doesn't like my thing is it doesn't matter. Why are we even going down that road? Just say, look, it didn't work out. We're just happy to move on. To go into yeah, the, she was road. difficult to work with, she didn't like Vancouver. That's that look, that's I think me. this is also this is a show that, that is not in a very secure spot right now. You know, had kind of a shaky first season, for being honest. 
you know, I think the, I mean, I, I the like ratings were up and down, depending on who you ask. Some will say it's great, some some will say it's terrible. <laughs> I think both people probably have agendas, depending on who you ask. But regardless, um, like, show is not incredible. So I think they need to shift the narrative a certain way. You know, you can't just have your your star leave and just say, well, yeah, she just didn't like it, man. We tried. Tried to bring her back, but you know she just uh, was like, "We're not, I'm not feeling the show." I think they have to make, they have to spin it like a win from their perspective, because like, I mean, they're trying, it's trying to stay alive. You know, they're fighting for their own, they're fighting for their own lives at this point. Yeah, and and you know, why do we like care I, about Ruby Rose's future person? And like I said to Ken, they gotta try to find a silver lining somewhere. You know, they can't be like. Well, we don't know what we're gonna do now. Right, right. You know, we, you know, they gotta be like, all right. Well, you know, we're gonna see this. Look at this as a challenge. Yeah. You know, this was not. And, and not, we're, gonna, yeah. we're gonna try to, you know, find now, some different avenues, yeah. creative avenues to work with. And it got to. They seem. Some kind of, they're they're they, like they they're committed to. They're gonna look. They 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 said they're gonna recast. They're gonna go to another LGBT actress, and they're gonna push forward with with, Kate, with the Kate Kane character um <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be a interesting test man sure i don't i don't know if again never never seen it i mean imagine if Grant Gustin just left the flash after season 1 i'd be like wow that, that that's like crazy you know like these Kate Kane i was finally like she we had already i had already grown accustomed to her character mm-hmm. and Ruby Rose's character so to now blow it up like that, yeah, you know that I mean, really puts Berlanti in a bind. If this new actress is not as good as Kate Kane, we have any doubt. Because Ruby, about <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm saying Kate, Kate Kane. Um, if this character is not nearly as good as uh, this actress is not nearly as good as Ruby Rose, that's gonna cast a lot of doubt, man. If that if the chemistry is not all there, I mean, we're, I'm yeah, gonna be I'm the not. first one to jump on this show and be like, this show is is, is done. It's ruined. Man, I'm gonna say right now, I'm not concerned. I don't think this wow, is. I don't think this concerned. is a. I don't think this is a character. I don't think this is a character that can't be recast. <laughs> I've already seen people posting their lists of people that they want to replace. Yeah, Rose. a lot of people putting out their putting their names putting out. All their names, putting the, all the people putting the, put having the list out of who they want to replace her. And I'm and I think this is a uh, just as an yeah, Stephanie you know, Beatrice actor. basically was like, "Yo, call me, fam." More or less. Yeah. I know EJ knows Sonya Deville. And, and, and this and this character, yeah. this character can be recast. This isn't, you know, such a this isn't a character that's so typecast where it's like, yo, and Ruby Rose isn't that like legit. Where it's like, yo, like this is season one. It's not like the Arrow season seven where we need to recast yeah. Oliver Queen. This was a big casting, man. Like I feel like Melissa, Melissa Benoist, you probably could have gotten away with, but like this was like. This was I'm not a list, but this was for like a CW superhero show. They cast somebody with a rep coming in. So I mean, I liked her in in John Wick. That's mainly what I had seen her in before. I thought she did a great job, but I mean, you know, this look, was the name. People else. like, wow, Ruby Rose is Batwoman. You know, we were talking about, but this. season one wasn't all that. So they can do be- they can do better. I'm just yeah, I, I I think I think in terms of where I stand, I I agree with Sham. I don't I think it's. It's egg on their face, but I don't think this is like. I think they can move on from this. I think that they can get someone who's credible. I, I think in some ways, like we kind of view recastings, um, we kind of go over the top with you know, or re, you know, ca- or, you know, recastings being like this whole big deal. 
Marvel had two major ones, and Avengers was fine, and you know, Iron Man movies have been fine. Like, I think sometimes we kind of get used to seeing actors in certain roles, so we kind of, you know, say, oh, man, how could you possibly have any other human be that character? But most of the time, it's not that big a deal. Um, I think that it's, 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 it's crazy considering, I think Kendall makes a point about, you know, just how much, you know, it did feel like when they got Ruby Rose, it was like, wow, okay, this is the first kind of semi-big name they gotten to be one of these characters. Like, all the other actors that have been, you know, you know Grant Gustin being The Flash, Melissa being Supergirl, Steven uh, hired as Arrow. Like, all these people were kind of wanting to come up, not people who had been in, you know, other major projects that people have watched and seen and had some kind of following. I mean, Ruby Rose um, not just had a following as an actress, but had a major following as a model. So, like, this this was like, oh, okay. And that kind of, I think, also, again, let people to kind of feel like, oh, here we go. Like, for those other actors... You went with someone kind of quote unquote unknown, but for the LGBT one, you went with the, you know, quote unquote safest one, the one that everybody knows, that everyone loves. Like you know, it, I think that kind of was some of the, the vibe around it, and uh, so. I, but I think in overall, I think it won't be that big a deal. Um, we're running low on time here, so I do want to get to some of these uh, show recaps real quick. So we gotta talk about uh, Star Girl to start. This was the pilot of season one. I gotta tell y'all, this was really good to me. Um, this I watched it. Uh, I know it's, it debuted on DC Universe. It was eventually, I guess, put on CW, and it's gonna be doing that kind of yo-yo act for the whole season. But this was written by Jeff Johns. It was directed by Glenn Winter, and I gotta say, I was really impressed. I didn't know what to expect when I heard that it was gonna be on CW. I kind of expected a CW vibe, and I kind of forgot that. Oh wait, this was produced for DC Universe. So it felt way more like a DC Universe show. But the flashback scene um, showing the JSA and all that stuff, I mean, I thought that was really well done. I actually got some um, Watchmen vibes from watching it. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, I got Doom Patrol vibes, personally. But yeah. Doom Patrol, Which, too. They're similar Both shows. Yeah. yeah, I got Doom Patrol vibes as well. I think because of the vintage nature of it that kind of led me to like Watchmen. But, yeah, like um, the Minutemen. Yes, exactly. But but definitely Kendall Doom Patrol as well. I did I did see that too. But I thought the the, the flashback episode was really. I mean the flashback scene with the with the Justice Society was really great. Um, I I really like you know really a lot of the actors. I think that the I think that Courtney Whitmer's brother I think is or his stepbrother or whatever she wants to call him. I think it's kind of could be end up being kind of a scene stealer. I feel like every time he was on the scene he was on the screen he was really good. Um, but no, this was good. I think that it was fun. I think that it, if I was if I was a kid, I think I would have loved this show. I think I liked kind of how they presented high school. Uh, the one thing I will say, I know this is probably a ridiculous thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I Did it strike you guys how it was great to see, but for a show that's set in Nebraska, they got them people of color Mad in that show. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I, I thought it was the same. Somebody had like, to say it, right? City of Nebraska's got all these, all these black people and Asians. Fam, I was like, you know, when uh, his, her mom goes to the job, the woman showing her the job was the black woman. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, well, she goes I, to the school, her friends are the all friends, the, the black girls, her friend. I'm like, yeah, clearly, clearly, we are the New Generation Podcast Network. I've never been to Lincoln. Very familiar with the South. Never been to Lincoln, Nebraska. Never been to Omaha. Yeah, I've never been. I've never been to Nebraska. So shout out to Nebraska, and shout out to. I wanted to say this before the show. I wanted to shout out uh, um, Gabrielle Union, who is a very proud Husker. 
a Cornhusker. She was from Nebraska, went to Nebraska. So that's one black person I know from Nebraska. I don't know anyone else <laughs> from Nebraska. So I, I was I was taken aback. But, I mean, it's still good. I mean, it's good to have diversity to not. It just seemed like, oh, okay. Like, when you think Nebraska, after being at the show starting in L.A., I did not expect to see that many people of color. But I I, it's, it's fiction, so it doesn't matter. But it just was striking to me. But no, I dug this show. I thought that uh, I thought Luke Wilson was really good, um, as uh, as you know, as Stripesy. I don't know. There really wasn't. I don't really have much negative things to say. I think I got to get used to. I think the the Courtney Whitmer character is gonna have to kind of come more into her own. I think she's kind of in this kind of like I don't I hate where I am. I hate my life kind of vibe. So it was hard for me to really to like fully connect with her. But I think that I'm kind of putting that aside and seeing kind of the other elements they were kind of building up to. And I feel like there's there's something here. I can see why uh, DC and Warner Brothers were so excited about this project after seeing this pilot. And I can see why people who had seen it said, oh, this show, it could be something. I, I was very impressed. Kendall? Uh, look, I mean, I, look, I'll, I'll, I'll put it blunt. You know, I was never, I was not the most excited about this show. Uh, <laughs> You know, I was kind of like, wow, you know, I'm being forced to watch Stargirl, man. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was pretty good. You know, I thought it was pretty good. I thought the pilot was uh, it's a good pilot. You know, of course, obviously, I, I, I threw out beforehand. I waited for the Berlanti uh, cliff to come up. But, <laughs> no disrespect to Greg Berlanti. But, um, the first episode was fine. You know, I think the JSA stuff was cool. I I'm worried that I don't know how much the, the things that I thought were the coolest were seeing like Solomon Grundy and Sportsmaster and some of those villains and like seeing the JSA and stuff. But I'm not convinced that they're going to give them a full a full Rose Gallery or a full kind of just you're going to have the whole thing of like the JSA, the whole the whole selection. Really? And so if they, if they give them the full selection, then I'll probably be more invested. But I just I've seen too many of these shows, man. The high school drama, high school, you know, stepdad or stepmom. Like I've seen <laughs> I've seen this yeah. story a you million sound, times. Sound like me with anime, you know? Yeah, man. But so it's like to me, it's like it's, it they didn't do it bad. I thought they did it fine. I, I agree, Luke Wilson. I thought it was really good. Um, the kid was good. He kind of reminded me of the kid from uh, S J from uh, Blindside, but. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I think uh, for me, I want I want to see what the overall kind of story is, what the overarching story is. We haven't really gotten there yet, but um, I'm I'm still a two, I'm still in a wait and see mode because I want to see. All right, how deep do we get into some of the actual DC lore? Is this going to be like sort of a DC show, but mostly, you know, just Riverdale, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, you know. Degrassi, name all the shows. Honestly, you know, Euphoria. Uh, I, I don't think ever, I don't think I'll ever get as dark as Degrassi. <laughs> yeah, certainly not gonna get as dark as Euphoria, <laughs> probably. But yeah, or Euphoria for sure. <laughs> but just in terms of like the like the whole setting and stuff, like is this just Spider Man Homecoming, but like with very with much less like DC character? I don't know. That's what I'm waiting to see. Um. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, I'm right with you, EJ. I thought it was a very, very 
of Good Pilot. Um, I thought uh, uh, that Courtney Whitmore character was was really actually uh, acted really well um, as well. Shout out to uh, the actress. I believe it's uh, Breck Bassinger. Yep. Um, yeah, she did a fantastic job. I was very impressed. Um, and I I liked Owen Wilson's character as well. I thought the family seemed very, um, you know, didn't seem, you know, all like too phony. Didn't seem too dramatized either. Like CW a lot of times tends to really heavily dramatize a lot of family issues. It didn't seem too dramatized. It seemed like, oh, you know, they got their issues. She's, you know, got the stepdad and kind of, you know, has issues with her. Not I thought, I thought the bully character was a little dramatized. You know, I thought he was a little probably over the top, but it is what you it say is. that. But you were just in high school. It was a stereotypical, you know, stereotypical high school bully. But you say that a little over the top. Oh, let me beat this kid up. Let me beat this kid up in his car. All right, let's relax. You know, I don't know if anybody, but I don't know. I'm not from Nebraska. I'm not from. We're not us from Nebraska. We know what's going on. And we're, well, I mean, you're not as far removed from high school. I was going to say, I'm pretty far removed from high school. It's been a while. I don't know what these kids are doing nowadays. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, some of it was a little dramatized. But, look, I I was like, it's, I emphasize a little. You know, yeah. you got some people. And it's the time. Know. I don't know. That wasn't modern day, right? I, I don't want that. I will say, Kendall. No, I think this, uh, uh, is, no, this is, modern is modern day. Modern. Yeah, she had like an iPhone and all that. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, yeah, using emotions. Yeah, it's just because they're in Nebraska. It just feels right. like doing it. Which, again, maybe it's yeah, a good thing, like, maybe it's a bad thing. And I, I like the feel. But it it definitely it, has because, a, I thought it was 1980 something. It definitely has a 90s feel to the score, the sound, the music, you know, all that. And I like it. And what's funny, guys, is I know I first brought up the setting um, kind of in jest saying there were a lot of black people. But I think so far, you know, we talk about the setting being a character in the show, um, how Runaways does such a great job with that with L.A. Um, like, to me, I think that so far, like, uh, this show has done an excellent job with kind of Nebraska immediately kind of stepping forward as a character in this show. You know, her having to, them walking down the street in, you know, the kind of the court square or the, you know, the, the downtown or whatever small town they're in and everybody's saying hello and stuff and like they like you feel like you're in nebraska like kendall was saying that's why even him not realizing the time because trust me if you grow up in new york city and you get dropped in nebraska it feels like it's you're in 1995 you know it's a whole different time period so that's they deserve credit for that um for sure i think this show to me it's they jeff johns i think this might be his best usage in terms of how he's been used for you know, a live action media since he's kind of been in the fold with this new DC stuff because he was really the the the, the writer who kind of brought uh, Star Girl kind of to the forefront. Um, he was the one who created the character. He's the one who was writing the character, and you know, in the late '90s, early 2000s. So I, it this felt very authentic. You know what I'm saying? You know how you could see someone write something on source material and it feel. It don't feel right. Like it feels like someone is trying to, you know, appropriate, you know, someone else's work. This never felt that way. And I, I feel like a lot of it is because you had Jeff Johns writing the first episode. I think he's writing the second this one. This is too. why this is why Rob Liefeld should write the MCU <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> I'll give I'll give Jeff Johns credit for uh, Doom Patrol as well. That's but fair too. That's fair too. That, that was I guess, his first like home run. Yeah, I think, and then, I mean, I think we don't, this is only episode one, so I can't speak to whether or not this will be as good as Doom Patrol. I guess there, I was speaking more to 
Because, yes, I would argue that probably is his better work. But I think this felt... Like, this was something that could have come across really campy and really... Like, this could have this could have been terrible for a million reasons. And that's why I think you weren't very excited to watch it, Kendall. Because we kind of yeah. see the pitfalls coming. And, again, it's early. Who knows if they, they won't happen. But to see a pilot that strong, I think it's because you had the guy who wrote the comic book writing the, the show. Like, this yeah, didn't feel look, fake. This didn't feel like you had someone trying have... to bring something that's comic book trying to bring it to life through the Hollywood lens. I never felt that watching this episode. Yeah, whenever you have a story like Doom Patrol or, like, Stargirl, where it's like, why are they doing this? Typically, that's because it's going to be good. Like, they don't, they're not just greenlighting, you're not just greenlighting things just to do it. You know, they know that people are going to be skeptical about Stargirl, people are going to be skeptical about Doom Patrol. But the script of the pilot is looks fantastic. So they're going to green light it. So that is always one thing to take into consideration. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll, we'll be following this show. You know, I think that, you know, for our first episode, really solid stuff. We'll see how this, uh, episode, these episodes continue. Um, but let's wrap the show now talking about Supergirl, which, uh, had its season finale, quote unquote. I use those quotes because obviously all these series were cut short because of the pandemic. So, uh, episode 19, Immortal Combat was the, uh, kind of this season finale and before that we had episode 18 the missing link which we uh did not get to review um <sighs> supergirl man i don't know i just what i will say is i think supergirl did not have the same problems that batwoman had where like it just you know it's hard for this to feel so much like a season finale like you know we talked about how i felt like the flash you know wasn't a the season finale maybe it would like, but I think it, it could serve as this. I felt Supergirl kind of felt similar. Like, it was a big episode. There were a lot of uh, developments of the story moving forward. It definitely does it feels like, you know, it's not complete, but I think that in terms of the how big the episode was, I think that they, they got the job done in terms of this being a fine place to stop if they have to stop. In terms of execution, I, I, I found myself kind of... Um, finding myself one very difficult to kind of understand like Kara at this point in time now all of a sudden feeling this like very much like get out of my face Lena Luthor oh that was that was cat feel like and here's why I think I think what the showrunners would tell you I think they tried to show was this was not Kara this wasn't Kara's beef with Lena because Oh, like now you're doing this. Her beef was, well, now you're doing this, but because of the work you've done, now my friends are in danger. But I just, I would argue that a lot of the stuff Lena has done up to this point has also put her friends in danger. Like this wasn't the first time her friends were in danger. So why now all of a sudden was the time when she snaps? And and then everything she says is 100% true. <laughs> like every aspect of it. And I feel like it's stuff she's also said. Like, like she just said these same things just in a nicer way. And I thought it was kind of crazy that all of a sudden we had this major breaking point. And then Lena just, after being on this hill for all this time, being like, oh, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. And that just being it. And then Kara being good. Like, I really thought, to, it's look, I hate this storyline, but I kind of was like, no, I'm actually okay with, like, maybe the tides being turned here and Kara being the one being like, not. Nah, 
F out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. Like, it was kind of ridiculous how they got there, but I was like, okay, at least Kara's showing some backbone. But at the end of the episode, she's like, I can forgive, and I forgive you now. I'm like, what? What was the point of all this? We got we went in complete circles to keep pushing Lena all the way to that edge of being a villain. All that just for them to just be all cool again? Like, I just feel like I wasted my time with that story arc. A story arc that was kind of painful to begin with. Well, Shamari's been telling you, EJ, for about a year to not waste your time with that story arc. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have to say anything else. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast at all uh, for the past probably a couple of years, honestly, you've probably heard me complain about the whole Lena, Kara stuff. I'm just glad they put it to bed. That's that's more That's more what my takeaway was from this i mean when she was like mad at and carl was mad at lena i was like good because lena's been bugging for the past like couple seasons or so um you know and then she forgave her and stuff and i'm like good because i just want this to be over <laughs> you know i'm tired of this beef can we go back to when lena was just a good character and just go with that because i don't her as a villain just does not work it really doesn't the way they've created the way they framed her and the motivations they've used, it just makes her look very, uh, you know, just crazy, just da- just very severely damaged to the point where it, it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense based on the her backstory. So it doesn't work at all. So I'm just glad that <laughs> that they moved past it. And um, and, uh, you know, the finale scene itself seems very broken. Um, and of course, an incomplete just because it's an incomplete story. They didn't get to finish it. It is what it is. Um but, I mean, it continues with the whole Leviathan stuff. Y'all know how I feel about the Leviathan. I don't really have to say much about that either. Uh, they added the um, the couple more elementals who they didn't even really characterize yeah. in any yeah, way, we, shape, or form. Yeah, I have no idea who those people are. They just showed up yeah, out of nowhere. Just showed up. A, bla- uh, black, a black, black dude, dude and, some, and some other woman. Just <laughs> just no, uh, more more earth and airbenders. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah the, the girl is wind. I don't know what the dude is. He's just shooting energy. <laughs> kryptonite energy. Like... Um, <laughs> completely so, out of nowhere i'm like okay more random people at least ramakan is a character they somewhat developed yeah who the hell are these I, people? I, I don't like him but at least he we we know who he is <laughs> so you know what it is what it is they showed up they were scrapping with the team supergirl um you know mcgann and mcgann now has a thing with with john which i'm like oh, okay uh, yo that was yo i was like what oh look they're changing the I canon was like what they're, so like they completely mess with the we, game. I think we, we talked about this. Even if we didn't, I was thinking this like a while back when they first introduced it. I was yeah. like, alright, so this is a little weird. But I'm just assuming that they're just gonna go with kind of the mentor thing. So I'm like, alright, whatever. Yeah. And it got when she re when she kind of reemerged, I'm like, I don't know if that's where they're going. Like it seems like they're really going <laughs> in a certain different direction. <laughs> and when they finally went full tilt, I was like, yo, this is weird. So I don't know. I mean again it, it was yeah, not canon. But like, how man. much do you think? How what what percentage of the audience do you think fully acknowledges the Miss Martian character McGann as the character we know her as? Because this, what do you mean by that? Like, we all understand McGann being, you know, kind of like you know John's. You know, he calls her his niece, like you know, right. a mentor, father figure, like Uncle character. John, right? Yeah, exactly, like. So, <laughs> they take this thing romantically. We all kind of saw where this was going. Like, not saw where it was going, but we kind of thought, okay, that casting, huh? That woman's, like, 
you know, older than we would have expected for Miss Martian. Then you see that character play out. It's not some teeny bop or something. This is going to be, this is a grown woman who's been through stuff or whatever. So, okay, fine. Well, that's a different, you know, Magan that we're used to, but that's what they're going with. I guess my question is, like, for me, like, it's just like that terrible Killing Joke movie where you had, like, Batman hooking up with Batgirl. Like, that was very weird for anyone who knows Batgirl. Because, like, it's like, that would never happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, because of a lot of reasons. Right. Like, and that's the feeling you probably had watching this, where it's just like, <laughs> you know, Magan. Yeah, like, how is Magan making out with Miss Martian? Mr. Uh, Matt, Matt, Martian Manhunter. Like, that's what? Like, it doesn't, like, you don't even know how to compute that. But right. my question is, is, what percentage of the audience of Supergirl do you think looks at that Magan character like we do? I have no idea. That's why I'm asking. Uh, I think I would say 25% of the Supergirl audience probably watch Young Justice and knows who Miss Martian is. And then of that percentage, I'd say probably, you know, I'd say probably like 15% in total probably had the same reaction as me. Then, the majority if of that's the case, same reaction. then I think that this is not a big deal. Probably. Yeah, it's a big not, deal but... to me. I'm not saying that it's not, it didn't help my viewing experience. I'm just saying for the show, making that step, probably with the way they kind of introduced the character, if you're just watching the show just to watch the show without kind of like thinking about source material, then it probably wasn't that big a deal. And it seemed very, it seemed very CW. And oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too. I was like, it's kind of like this was just inevitable, really, if you think about the CW format. Yeah, it seemed very, very unnecessary. Um, I think it would have been... I don't know. I mean, and of course, we have a different perspective because we know their relationship in the comics. But my only I think what makes it an issue and I wasn't even really going to talk about it because I don't think it's a big deal. But I think what makes it an issue is that, you know, we know their relationship and we know that they know their relationship. Yeah. So we know that they're just making right. it. They just decided to change. They're just they made this decision. It a CW moment. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> but, but whatever, you know, I'm just like, all right, they're changing the canon. I'm just going to go with it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, this draw was, think, it, it was okay. I, I think John's the, not I a character he, that needed a love interest at all. In fact, I think the fact that he was so was strong without one kind of speaks to the strength of his character. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think that's... I've never seen him. The, the value of <laughs> doing it, I think they said, all right, we want to tell a character that has kind of now fully, I don't say gotten over, but, like, you know, now we don't have to look at him and say he's like this broken oh, this character. broken man, this broken family. Yeah, you know, like that was that's kind of been a cloud that's been over the character, and now that's that's almost completely gone. And you know that happens a lot in in stories and in, in, in sitcoms and you know dramas where these characters kind of get over certain types of tragedies and stuff like that. So it's like it would I like. Now I think it would have been the same deal if you would have had her be her her you had her be his uh his niece. I think it still could have been like all right, you know, he doesn't have a daughter, but now it's just like a daughter like yeah, figure. Right, exactly. It doesn't have, you know, a love thing. But yeah. I think something's gonna happen to her and John's gonna go off the deep end. <laughs> you can't do that. Typical C W I agree with Sham. That's what's gonna happen. Exactly what's gonna happen. We we've seen this story before. He's gonna go nuts. You know, Supergirl's just gonna like, have to take Manchester. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's gonna pull one of those. He's gonna kind of lose it. 
and they're gonna have to try to talk him off the deep end. And I mean, I just I see it coming a mile away. Yeah. Look, I, yeah. I mean, I think that this this season was all right in terms of the way it ended. Um, <laughs> but Lex Luthor, I thought the Lex, I thought Lex was good. Lex was the best part. Oh, yeah, I thought Lex, yeah. No. his acting in these last two episodes, I thought were. Brainy, I mean, John Pryor is is fantastic. Yeah, I thought Brainy was good too. Uh, I liked his story. The stuff with Leviathan and Goldberg and stuff like that, like <laughs> yo, he called Ramakan Goldberg. I'm dead. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's Goldberg. He's Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg is actually in the Flash, but like, Goldberg. don't remember that. So yeah, yeah shout dude. out to Bill Goldberg, former WWE and WCW champion. Yeah, shout out to Goldberg. Yeah, like none of that stuff was none of that stuff was 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 interesting, uh, or is interesting since it's not done. I, I felt and I didn't. I don't know. I the. the I, the Leviathan stuff, it just it's it's done. It doesn't work. I mean, first yeah. of all, going back to Andrea being uh a like a assassin, like it's like that seems so random. Like, yo, a Leviathan looks so weak to me in these episodes. Like Lex Luthor says, Yo, fam, you gotta get your best assassin to kill Supergirl. That's the only way to move forward. You call the tech CEO? You telling me Leviathan has no other this this otherworldly being organization has no other assassins other than other than the woman who hasn't killed anyone in years like she hasn't been an active an assassin for any long period of time or any time recently like that to me looked crazy i'm like you need to kill supergirl and you calling andrea rojas that 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 looked crazy and i was like dude i was like really that's your best guy or gal, like couldn't find anyone else, like so that, and also what a way to like just like I mean you could have introduced anybody that would have been really cool like you did it for the sake of having Andrea now also kind of make the decision whether or not you're gonna be part of Leviathan or whether or not you're gonna you know step aside. I don't know that that didn't work. I thought that um, again the idea that this this organization just nothing they're doing is working. Like they haven't succeeded in anything in this in this nope. season. Like nothing they've done has worked. Ramakan was a leader; he got fired because he couldn't be Supergirl before, and now they're with this new uh, new leader, Gemma. And she, by the end of the episode, is you no know, her human form is completely destroyed. And like at a certain point, if you want me to believe that this is a a, a unstoppable organization. You gotta see me get let them get some W's, and I, they've gotten zero. I don't know why should I feel any different any way about Leviathan. They didn't even let Leviathan kill Homeboy, who I just knew was dead. Um, uh, William, yeah, William. They didn't even they didn't even get him. He, he's good. Uh, Eve Testmacher is out of there, out from under their thumb. Andrea is out from under their thumb. Uh, the three elementals are now in a in a in a in a tube. Thanks to Brainy, like they they just buried these people for for what? I don't know because I don't think that like Lex didn't need that bump. Like we all know who he is, so I don't I don't I didn't I didn't get this. And I think that overall, like the just while I love Lex Luthor, I think that his plot and kind of his endgame. I know he's Lex, and then it's always going to kind of come down to this, kind of like just I want all power and whatever. But just, even this just feels like really shallow. So it's just like, yeah, we need to kill four billion people so I can be king of the world. 
And he's going through a really cockamamie way to try to get that done. And this story doesn't work for me, man. Like it does it, it it doesn't. I feel like it's a it's a discredit to Cryer's talent. Because you could write something so much better than what they've done. And and again, I I, I I think that it's starting to become kind of like a crutch to be like, oh, the heroes did everything right, but I knew you were going to do everything right, and therefore, I'm still going to win. Like, I, you can only do that again. He did it in this episode again. Yep. Well, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, like the last two episodes, they both ended with, like, I knew you were going to do this. That's why I did this. And it's like, I knew you did this. That's why I'm going to take this from you. I'm like, you can't keep going to that well. Like, that, that that's starting to become tired. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they can only do that so many times. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see if the Ryan gets if they can, you know, wrap this up in a just at this point. I don't even really care how they <laughs> wrap it up, which is sad. But as long as they can wrap this up and we can move on to whoever the next uh, villain is, which I'm guessing something going to be something less related. Um, you know, and, and also the, the and also the absurdity of having. Just coward, just talk to talk four billion people off of an app. Yeah, but that saying, was that was I mean, completely absurd. Come on, guys! Like this is like it's lazy, lazy stuff, man. Yeah, that's yeah what it is. It's very it's lazy. lazy. <laughs> and just like she's trying, she's like, I can't do it. And I was like, okay, well maybe she'll fail or something. And then she's like, like no, you gotta try hard. No, I'll just expand your signal. And yeah, she's like what? Just make more of you. And you're saying the same message over and over again. I'm like, that seems worse. Like, wasn't it, it before she was having personalized? The problem was that people were saying, "Oh, I have this personal issue that this is helping me through," and, and, and you can't and you can't speak to me to it. And, and they translated her into like French and and yeah, all the other yeah. languages, and and she yeah. got to all of them. And not one person was like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm 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 going to talk to my uh it's my like, great grandpa." Yeah, all those yeah. people that were pro Agent Liberty also were like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah Supergirl's right. She's right." Yeah. <laughs> four, billion, four billion people. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? And also, like again, Leviathan, like, like uh, Gemma was actually making a good point. It's like, "Yo, man, just kill these people now!" Like, and then she gets like again. They all they look so bad because Lex talks them into whatever his agenda is, but it's like. You know, if they really, if their plan really was, you know, catastrophic event, I'm telling you, if you kill one billion people, that's a catastrophic event. Like, that'll get the job done. It's like so, like, mustache twirly supervillain be like, no, we gotta get all four billion in order for this to work. It's like, come on, like, that doesn't make any sense. Last thing, real quickly, though, is who do you guys think this woman is that they're speaking to that is the higher power that she works for? Because I think it's Granny Goodness. Look, that's what I've been saying, man. They got to do the granny goodness thing. I'm not convinced at this point that that's what they're going to do. Because I thought that granny goodness would give you one of those <laughs> one of those characters. I thought one of them was <laughs> granny goodness, like the, the one William was going after. But I'm glad they haven't killed off William yet. You know, I kind of we kind of thought he was a dead man walking at, at one point, And he's still out there, so shout out to him. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a guess. Uh, I mean, Apocalypse seems to be the way to go. And Granny Goodness seems to be a good idea for a Supergirl villain. Yes. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree, Jeremy. I mean, I think it's, this very well could be Granny Goodness. I think that's a, probably the best guess. I mean, we're talking about elementals, and we're talking about controlling the, the Earth for for centuries. Right. I mean, if you're trying to connect this to any, like, 
canon DC villain. I mean, Granny Goodness, and she said it's a woman. Granny Goodness has got to be your first guess. And we're talking Supergirl. They've done Toy Man. They've done all these other people. They've done Lex now. I mean, that's the that's the uh, the reasonable kind of next step from there. So, uh, so yeah, it's probably Granny Goodness. I'd be surprised. I'd probably be a little shocked if it wasn't. Um, but I would, I would too. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see if if it is, and and uh, if it is, I'd be I'd be satisfied. It just in the sense that it's no longer love, just Leviathan. Uh, I have a lot of questions about Granny Goodness. Why have you left this? very important organization to these incompetent fools who can't get anything done <laughs> that would be like i would be happy if they do bring granny yep. goodness into the fold because i think that that you know we're getting more to you know apocalypse area stuff okay that gets interesting um and granny goodness was a is a great villain and was a unbelievable villain on young justice last season so um i would be for that move but after speaking, after seeing what we saw with how Leviathan just got tore apart, has been torn apart. So to me, pretty easily, I'd just be like, "Granny, goodness, man, oh, yo, this is supposed to be your operation. Like, what's going on? Your your operation on Young Justice was airtight. Like, mm-hmm. who are these yeah, fools exactly. got you got running this program? Like, you need to you need to you know clean house top to bottom. But um, I would welcome Granny Goodness on this show. I would hope that. Granny would bring a level of intensity that I think this show has been lacking. Like, I thought Rain brought that intensity. And it was kind of... Also, man, like, real quickly, they got to do a better job with the, the, the costuming, too, on Andrea. Because, like, the fact that she just looked like a cheap Rain also kind of spoke a lot to me, too. I'm like, they couldn't come up with any better costume than this? Like the, almost the same mask and the black color scheme and the same I thought it was I rain know, for a second. same hair. <laughs> I thought it was like rain. The, she had the same ponytail. Um, like they didn't. Like they put no again lazy, no effort yeah. into any I mean, of this. I don't know how I feel about Alice's costume either, personally. Same. I mean, they were all kind of. Oh my god! I'm just kind of like, uh, all right. I did thought that that was well written. Uh, Kara's reaction, I laughed and I thought it was really awesome. I'm an Alex Stan, so I'll maybe feel like maybe I'm probably not the person to be good on this. But I thought that that was a great scene. My favorite scene of these two episodes. Um, the costume is okay. I do feel like she does still need a mask. It's kind of ironic. That also seemed weird where she's like, you need a mask. And there's a costume where she doesn't have a mask. I'm like, and it's still very clear as Alex. It's not like, oh, you can hide your identity because of what she's exactly. wearing. So that I didn't quite get or understand. Uh, but otherwise, I thought the color scheme was cool. Like, I I think it's fine. I think I, I do feel like a mask would have that costume come together a little yeah. bit better. I mean, they, they have her put a hood on, but it's like, I mean, that ain't enough. No, no, I agree. But, um, but, but I, I was, I was, I was okay with it. I, I did not think that it was the worst, uh, worst thing we could have seen. Um, I, boy, this is a long episode. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it here, guys. Hope you all enjoyed this, uh, edition of the new generation hero talk podcast. It was a lot to talk about a lot of big stories, but, we got through them all. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Of course, if you want to uh, listen to any of our podcasts, whether it be this show or the Imperial Broadcast or Sports Talk, you can catch all of that on the New Generation Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever other places you can find us. We're now in a lot of places, it feels like. Um, also on YouTube, you can catch us 
new generation media that's our channel make sure you subscribe to uh to that and make sure you like our videos also make sure you check out our um social media we're on twitter new generation pod on instagram new generation podcast and on facebook new generation media you can catch sham on social media as well he's uh mc sham 22 on instagram and snapchat I am EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter and Action EJ on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.